<laughs> Call that one, Gav. Hello. Playoffs. Welcome <laughs> to episode 228 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Simon Wynn Stanley. I got my friends here, Mark Hansen, Gavin Marshall, and back, of course, by popular demand, Rich Citrone. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good. Who who wouldn't be good in this? The time of the time of our lives. Playoffs. Who who knew that was coming, huh? Playoff time, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Titans. Who saw this coming, man? I remember three weeks ago when, um, do you remember when KZ first got suspended and the NFL released that uh, the little letter and it was like, uh, you know, he's suspended till the end of the regular season, but but could be eligible to return for any postseason berth. And we were all laughing at that. So why even include that? We just lost three games, the terrible teams. And here we are, led by the great Mason Rudolph through Christmas into the playoffs. Um, Rich, how you doing? It's been a little while. You Okay. I'm great. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. Yeah, you, you have a nice Christmas, nice New Year. The listeners, I'm sure, are keen to know what you've been up to. Amazing Christmas. Yeah, yeah. First Christmas w- with uh, my fiance, um, and it was uh, it was really nice. Yeah, we really had a had a great time. You know what I just did in the middle of you talking because I was just I was I just shoved two twiglets in my mouth and I was like, why am I eating? I'm not. I'm in the middle of. A- <laughs> <laughs> That's just like natural mechanics. My pit, my hand is just in an open uh, bucket of twiglets as we speak. Okay. Good lord. Put the twiglets away. I <laughs> know. <laughs> put the snacks away. Gentlemen, I think we should talk about the Bills a little bit as we go. I know normally we do the the game and then we kind of move on to the preview. I want to get some of Rich's thoughts on the Bills game as well as we go along. So I feel like we, we'll review this game, but obviously I feel like everyone's mind is on the Bills now, right? So do a little bit of both. Go, go through the game, talk a little bit about how this maybe proceeds into the Bills matchup as well in each position. How you feel sure. about that concept? We can do the Bills stuff at the end as well, but does that sound okay? I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's do it. Let's do the housekeeping first. Throw us a couple of quid on patreon.com forward slash UK Steelers pod. Uh, as our beautiful show producers did this month, uh, the effing knacker Jason Bowdler, Rob Ferguson, Mark Hansen, Glenn Jones, Matt Audley, Joel Spencer, Steve Williams, Ian Ferruja. I'm not calling you furiously apathetic anymore, Ian. Christian Robb, Thomas Fielding, Joe Pearson, Christopher Anderson, Philip Williams, Laura Casey, and the roguishly handsome Lee Matthews. Thanks to those wonderful producers. That's giving me time to swallow those twiglets, you see. Are they gone? That was like a complete mind fart. It was so weird. Um, we do have a message from uh, one Patreon producer, Matt Audley, who wants to point out 3-0 and since the positivity episode. Are we having a material impact on the games, Gov? I think it's, I think it's definitely possible. It's, it's a all certain, thanks to us. Maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Matt, I don't know that I'm going to give you the credit on this. I prefer cynicism, but that's okay. All right. The Steelers beat the Ravens 17-10. Uh, was this the rainiest game you've ever seen? And some of the rainiest camera work. Can we get Can we get a cameraman on the on the sideline that can wipe the lens, please? Gav, you work with like this kind of stuff. I know, I know you're a sound guy, not a camera guy, but do they not have something yet where they can like remove water well, off lines? It's tough. Uh, water and humidity are two of the toughest things to deal with, as, along with like sand and... Like acid rain, I get, or some like kind of steam-based scenario. <laughs> but uh, no, in, in all seriousness, no, rain is is major. And but I, I was thinking, come man, you've had time. I was thinking, surely the directors in your ear when you're not live on shot, wipe that damn camera, camera A, 
But um, I'm guessing the rain was so heavy and coming at an angle, we just couldn't do anything about it. But it was some of the like foggiest. Is that a Steelers player there? I'm thinking <laughs> it is. Kind of camera situation. But it kind of, in some ways, added to the kind of fun of the game. I yeah. Don't I, I don't know about you. I really enjoyed this one. I, I don't know what it was. It, I think it was just kind of a bit of a classic ground. I mean, the, the score gives it away, right? 17-10. It was a little bit basic. Two uh, field goal each, and we, you know, we had two touchdowns. But it was kind of a lot of back and forth with a lot of the running game. A lot of fumbles. Yeah, a lot of fumbles. I mean, wasn't there like 10 fumbles in this game? Something like that, yeah. It felt a little bit crazy, but especially the second half, I think, was great fun as we, you know, with the big, we got the big play and, and it felt like Najee took over for points in that second half. And I don't know, the Ravens, I think, that, I mean, admittedly, they're playing a lot of backups. Felt a little bit nondescript to me in this game, but, but they're, you know, they're parading onto the number one seed in the AFC and they'll have a bye. But, they weren't able to stop us from reaching the playoffs. And the great thing is that if we win this week in Buffalo, we will return to M&T Bank Stadium, the giant portaloo. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Fatal portaloo. I was worried that one of those nameless, faceless uh, Ravens from nowhere was going to step up and make a big change in in one UK Steelers podcast favourite, Trenton Simpson, who suddenly yeah, emerged yeah, as sure made yeah. towards the end. Yeah, what, is it is it is it just because they're the games I'm watching? But it does seem that some of our guys it seem to rise up against when we're watching, or is that just me? They play up for us, I think. I think they do. That's, that's what it is. They know they're we're aware. watching. That's what Brock Purdy's been doing ever since he was drafted. So, uh, well, I mean, what do you want to do? We can ju- we can jump through the uh, the positions that we normally do, but I've got some like points that I want to discuss just in terms of like events that happen, coaching situations. Well, let's 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 go into them as we go. Let's talk about Mason first of all. I think it's the most important thing, as as it looks like he's going to be starting for the extent of this playoff run. Oh, go on. I wanted to know from Rich actually what, mm. how confident he was because we haven't spoken to Rich for a little while. How confident he was over the sort of the down period and then the sort of Mason revival yeah. and then going into this game and yeah, how, how what was that last like last month or so of of the the Steelers fan journey, Rich? How was it? Yeah, I you know, I thought Tomlin made the right decision after Mason's first game. Uh, I thought he made the right decision starting him again, and then, uh, of course, now it's a no-brainer. I mean, he's doing things that no Steeler quarterback has done in two years. So, you know, and and quite and quite frankly, Kenny Pickett has done nothing to deserve that type of respect. As you know, as like, okay, you don't lose your job to injury. He really hasn't. The only thing that he's done is is been a first round draft pick, and that's pretty pretty much it. So, you know, nothing against Kenny, but Mason's the hot hand, you know. And Mason, you know, he's got the NFL experience. He has a lot of experience in the system, and I I actually felt pretty good about the whole thing. I, I thought it was a, a good choice, and in, 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 you know, having him start when Pickett went down, I th- and and I agree with everything Tomlin's done as how he's as far as how he's handled Mason so far, and and I'm, I mean, who can't be happy for Mason Rudolph? The guy's like the ultimate professional, you know. He's just been so so classy about this whole situation throughout his career, and you, you just gotta love a guy like that. It just keeps plugging away at his job with a great attitude gets his gets his moment and then and then comes up huge for for his team and for his players. I mean, how much does George Pickens love Mason Rudolph? You know? So it's it's you know, I'm really super happy for the guy and he's improved. You know, his pocket presence was always a problem and he's got he's got better at that. He still doesn't have the nimble feet. You know, he's still not great in it, but he's much improved. 
you know, and he sees the field, I think, better than the other two quarterbacks. You know, so there's definitely been improvement over the years. And sometimes it takes a few years. Terry Bradshaw took forever to 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 really, you know, uh, become a good quarterback. So I'm I'm excited about the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. Do you think this is a, a reminder, this and also the sort of trials and troubles of Josh Dobbs has kind of rem- should remind us all that it takes longer to develop a quarterback than one year and we should be more patient? I think so. But, you know, when quarterbacks started making huge money, that patience kind of went away. You know, they're expected to to you're expected to see something out of your quarterback within two to three seasons. And if you don't see it after the third season, a lot of times, you know, they're they're going to pull the plug on you, you know, which isn't entirely fair, you know. But I mean, there's just so much money tied up in that position. You know, it's just it's tough. And if and if a coach sticks with the guy too long and he he doesn't uh, develop, then the coach might be losing his job. So there's just there's so much to it with the with the big money contracts these days. Yeah, I think the most damning thing for Kenny Pickett, not that I want to go in the Kenny Pickett debate yet. I think we've got all off season for that, but it is what Mason Rudolph looked like, right? I think. You came in, you saw Mitch kind of run that offense, and and so much of it looked similar, if not worse, that that you kind of thought, well, maybe there is a larger problem. And we spoke about that, and then, you know, Mason Rudolph's come in and shown that actually th- there's elements of this offense that can work. So, I mean, that is pretty damning for Kenny Pickett, if nothing else. I, I think next year, and, and as you say, Gav, maybe we need to give QBs more time, and well, maybe that is the answer. But I think if that's the case, we need to be approaching Kenny Pickett next year as the backup, and we need to be looking for someone who needs to be starting, and we'll he can develop, and, and we can go from there. But We'll have all offseason to talk about that. <laughs> well, you know, if Mason wins a playoff game, well, you know, yeah. that's huge, right? That's if, he, if he can win yeah. a playoff game, I go into camp next year with, hey, it's an open, open challenge, guys. It's, it's, you know, it's an open battle between you two. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see who's going to start. Totally. You know? yeah. So, if he's yeah. there, it's the other thing. I mean, that's the other thing. You've got to sign him. He's, he's a free agent. Oh, you got to, you know, you got to tag him. Be, surely you're not going to tag you're not going to franchise that guy at Mason Rudolph, so you're going to you're going to uh, put like some kind of transition tag on him or something. Who knows? It's going to be interesting. We sh- we shall see. But but I'm with you, Rich. For me, if he's there, it would be an open competition completely. I mean, Mason's done enough here to to, to see that. And if he's not there, then you bring someone in and 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 we go from there. But I think I think year yeah. one Kenny beats out year one Mason, right? But what is this year four? When was he drafted? 2018. Jesus, more than that. Yeah, year five, Mason beats year two. Oh, yep. Kenny, right? Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Mason in this game specifically, I thought, again, was very, very poised in the pocket. As you say, Rich, it feels to me like he reads the field significantly better than uh, the other two QBs we've seen play this year. He had one turnover worthy play in this game that was dropped early. The, the whole start of the game, I don't know if you remember, was very kind of topsy-turvy, right? There was like, felt like the ball was like <laughs> going to go all over the place all night, oh, which it kind of did. Yeah, it just it yeah. really did, yeah. Um, yeah, it did ultimately, but but especially in those first three plays, it felt very suspect for the Steelers. And then, you know, there was an off-kilter play, so you can forgive him that. But for the rest of the day, I mean, it felt like he he's gotten some criticism in this one for holding the ball too long, I know. I know PFF's kind of banged him for that. For There's me, a little sequence uh, the end of the first half. Where he, mm-hmm. where he got the fumble and then the sack. I mean, that yes. was, that was oh, classic Mason holding the ball, not not getting off his first read. But I think he's going to revert to that in times of 
pressure and stress. He's that, not. Gonna... That was a panicked moment. There's 14 seconds left on the clock at the end there. They, yeah. They've just ran a play and got sat. They're trying to run another one quickly. The pass protection breaks down. It's. I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, that was poor it's management. Like, definitely. Like, you know, we all we all have our foibles, right? And when when we're under stress, our our foibles come to the fore, and that's that's what yes. that's what's going to happen. It's not going to be a Mitch Trubisky, you know, throw up a a prayer ball up, you know, up into a DB. Yeah, he's just going to take a sack in the face. That's that's what Mason does. You know, yeah. The flip side of that, he's Mister Resilient, right? I, I don't know if getting smashed up by Garrett has increased his like level of bravery, but. You know he's so he's so he's just willing to stand there. He he doesn't care. Like he'll just wait till the last second to get the ball out, or sometimes doesn't get the ball out at all. But I, I think that's it's it's a negative but a positive as well. And it felt like this game suited him. You know because we've seen him throw a lot of deep balls, and you know he'd focused on that, and obviously he chucked that one deep ball to DJ very early that uh, DJ kind of pulled up on. I didn't see the ball. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, for the most part, I mean this was really dump offs. Obviously, you hit, you hit the slant play, which is beautiful to uh, to Pickens, but uh, sorry to to uh, DJ. DJ, but, yeah. The but the rest touchdown. of the the rest of the time, I mean, we're really not throwing the ball around at all. Pickens doesn't get a target in this one at all. He's just just blanketed by the Ravens, uh, and so many of the the throws that Mason does make are to to Warren or to uh, to Harris out of the backfield. He he wasn't uh, making those throws in twenty nineteen, when yes. where where he's 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 reading half of a field and then he's making the decision. Nothing's open. I'll flip my base and and get it out to make to Warren or Najee out in the flat. He wasn't making those. That that's development. So eighteen completions in this game, ten of them were to the running backs. Which in a game like this, you can do that, and you've got running backs, you know, like like Warren who can generate a bit of yak, like like Harris who was just excellent in this game. Uh, in a game like this, when this these conditions, note what the conditions are going to be like next week in Buffalo with a, with a with a winter storm on the way apparently on Saturday. I don't know. I've been saying it. I, the, I, don't, I don't want to tip my hand. He kept the gloves on, which I found surprising, but he it didn't seem to affect him apart from the fumbled snap. Yes. Yeah. And that was going around, obviously. There was clearly ball security yeah. issues all over the place. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, as, as Rich says, I am feeling kind of nice about Mason right now. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, incite Nick Foles. You know, I don't. I, don't oh, crazy. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, come well, on, fix on that a little. I, I did, I did enjoy because you know we're going to bounce around a bit. I did enjoy that Cynthia Freeland, you know, prediction model had. What was uh, that? Sorry, what's the prediction model? Sorry, you know, Cynthia, I know you are. I know Cynthia Freeland. Freeland does. I can't even say her name now. Cynthia Freeland has that. You know, the prediction model she uses, and then she predict, predicts all the game every week. She's doing the percentage chances of all the teams to win the Super Bowl. Do you, you want to guess what the Steelers is? Five percent. Any advance on that? Seven. Seven? Any thoughts, Rich? What do you think the Steelers' percentage chance of win Super Bowl is? Statistically. Uh, I'm going to say 12. 12%. Going to Cynthia Freelander is 0.2%. <laughs> Jesus. There's only 14 teams in it. To win the wow. AFC is 1.7%. So... And you can get, you can kind of get it. It's a very tough road, right? We'd be playing Buffalo, we'd be playing the Ravens next week, and then you know whoever comes out of that, all on the road all as well. Yeah. All on the road, yeah. It, it would be crazy, but you know what? You know what I say to that? Crazier things have happened. Yeah, the Steelers are a nonsensical team. They lose exactly. to the Cardinals, they lose to the Patriots. They beat we've, the we've Bills, done this you know, before. They beat Bills last year. They beat the Forty Nine. You know, it's it's possible. This is the week yeah. for getting carried away, if no other week, right? I mean, <laughs> when else are we going to do it this year? Well, and the thing too is they're peaking at the right time. Yeah, that playoffs is—it's really. <laughs> I sound a little bit like a <laughs> when I said that. Playoffs. 
They, <laughs> I mean, it's all about peaking, right? And like you could argue 49ers and Eagles really aren't peaking <laughs> when they should be, you know, but the Steelers, they are. So, you know, if, if TJ's healthy, I, I feel way, way, way better about this yeah. game. But but they are they are peaking when they should be. The, uh, yeah. the only problem with that is I feel that Buffalo are also peaking. They're, you know, mm. what, five on the bounce now? I know Allen's a little erratic, but feels like they're on a bit of a hot streak as well. So that's the only thing I would kind of uh, temper myself with. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we are we are on a hot streak. Mason's still got a hot hand. The hot hand gets hotter. There's none hotter than Mason Rudolph out there right now, and I'm not just talking how devilishly handsome he is. So <laughs> I got got some interesting um, stats for you. Actually, he's he's leading on the adjusted completion percentage. Adjusted meaning drops aren't counted, yeah. so you take drops out of the equation. Mason Rudolph on a very fine eighty point nine percent. Kenny Pickett seventy one point eight and Mitch Trubisky sixty eight point six. So he's 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 making some passes. Now you could argue they're all dump offs and you know very contained, but who cares? Like that, he's he's making things. He's also getting a ball out, which is surprising. Time to throw, average two point five three seconds compared to Kenny two point seven three and Mitch Trubisky two point seven eight. So he, he's he's. I think that's an improvement. I don't think we would have said that. He would have been the fastest out of these three a couple of years ago. And also, he's pretty low on the turnover where the play. Now, now Kenny is leading that with 1.8% with seven uh, turnover where he plays. But Rudolph's on 3.5%, which is pretty good. Mitch Trubisky, 5.3%. So, yeah. you know. And, and then big time throws. Kenny Pickett is leading that in, in number with 13 big time throws. But that's only 3.8% of throws, whereas Rudolph's on 5.3. So he's statistically, he's he's actually one of the better QBs on this team. Yeah. Well, uh, for sure. What he's produced. So yeah, he, where, where he falls down is, is the pressure to sack rate. So 18.8% pressure to, you know, pressure gets converted to sack. But we know that. He can't move yeah, in the pocket. Not you know, the he's, he's not Caleb Williams. He's not, he's not that guy. No. Yeah. No Bryce Young. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's a weird thing I heard earlier that it's amazing, really, that Kenny, Mitch, and Mason have all been starter, backup, and QB three this season. (laughs) Every single one of them has taken every single position. That's that's wild. This has been a weird season. The fact that we're in the playoffs after the 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 kind of the topsy turvy nature of the season that we've had is is very strange. But I don't know. The way I've been feeling this week is kind of like the, the whole reason that I've felt so down on the Steelers for such large swaths of the season is that the offense has been non-existent, could just completely not there at all. You know, what I mean, it just might as well. They might as well have just punted the ball the second they got the second they got position. But now that that's kind, I don't I don't want to use the word fixed because it's been three weeks. We've got Mason Rudolph at QB. I mean, a lot of things can happen. But now that that's been patched over, it feels like right, and we, we, we're we're discovering offense again as, as a concept what the hell is out there to stop us? You know what I mean? I don't understand why there's no way that we can't win four games in a row. Let's go for it. I don't know. I feel good about it. I'm feeling pretty good. House money, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They've got nothing to lose. And that's, that's, that's one thing in their favor. That's the that's, key. That, that's yeah. always the dangerous team that's got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, G in this one was a, was a total force. Just, just, I mean, really hitting his stride in December. Talk about team hitting the stride, Rich. I mean, I think it's just, just as important that Naji is, Really starting to ramp it up as we hit December. We start hitting these snow games now, apparently, in the playoffs. All right, let's just roll Najee up there. It is absolutely key for me that he he just just 
tucks it and runs right up the middle straight through uh, Buffalo in this next game. Goes for 112 yards and a touch on 26 carries with five catches as well. Uh, we saw from Warren this got, this, a couple of fumbles as well. I was well. going to say, Rich, this yeah. has got to be the game you've been waiting for from yeah. Nigel, right? Or this, are you, some of these is, games Are you rubbing recently. your hands now, Rich? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, do you guys see the difference in his, his running? Like, he's not hesitating much anymore at yeah. all. It's like, it's of course, it's because there's, there's more consistently holes there. You know, there's be- better running lanes than there has been in the past. But it's also because, because of that, he now trusts the offensive line. So he's not like he's not hesitating and like, where's the hole going to be? Because I know it's not going to be there. So I, I got to find mm-hmm. it now. He's trusting them more. So I think his mental um, outlook on the whole thing is so much better. And I think that helps his running tremendously because he actually trusts the offensive line now. And you can see the difference. He still doesn't have the burst that Jalen Warren has, but he's definitely hitting the holes a lot harder and he's running really hard. And he's got, you know, he's got so much power. I mean, I, I really have enjoyed watching him, you know, the last few weeks. He's just super impressive. This is what I've expected from him coming out of college. And it's it's nice to be seeing it. And I like, I, I agree with Gab. I don't think we should even get caught up on who's one and who's two. Mm-hmm. I think we just, we have one A and one B. And, you know, they're both, they both have their own particular strengths. You know, if you're if you're going around the corner, I like Jalen better. I think his burst is better. But if you're going off tackle or up the middle, I'm you know I'm taking Najee. You know, most of the time, and it's a great one-two punch. Definitely. Yeah. The, the the frustrating thing I have with Najee is it seems his vision is better in a in extremely crowded box, but when he's got a gap with space, sometimes he doesn't hit it. Mm. I don't know what that is. It's like he, he, he likes running off the guys he off the guys hips a little bit. I, you know, guys, I, I, I've been, I've noticed this last last season with his vision, and I think I brought it to your attention. And I honestly don't know what the deal is. You know, stuff like that tends to be God given. You know, like a like a player that can see the field, like Brady could see the field so well, and how he just, he just so good. You know, mentally, just just so smart, and all, most of the time making the right throw to the right player. Some of that I think is God given, and and Jalen obviously has better vision than Najee, you know? So that I, I think that does hold him back a little bit. And I don't know, Gav, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. He just may not, I don't know. He just may not have really great vision. And, and I, I don't know why. But when you've got a guy who can, you know, it's when you're in these end of game situations, right? You want to run down the clock. And so many times we've been frustrated with that. And just having a guy like Najee who's just ready. And like, as you say, Gav, now that he seems to trust that old line and he's 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 pushing forward and they're not, you know, he's not being stacked up two yards in the backfield. He's so enjoyable to watch, Rich, as you say. You know, I've got so much joy out of watching Jalen Warren this year. I think at times Jalen Warren might have been the only thing keeping me coming back to this damn show. And uh, yeah, and now, now I feel like Najee's joined that. So, uh, you know, I'm enjoying this running game as a whole, for sure. Speaking we of haven't Warren, seen though, a, um, a, a Najee getting swamped by four dudes yeah, on a third and eight behind the line of scrimmage for a while. That's gone since... Yeah. Well, we saw it once, I think, after Canada, but it's we haven't seen it for that a while. Felt like I think, I think generally the, the the play calling, the scheme, the design has been so much better. We haven't complained I mean, about it in weeks. There's, I mean, the quad, the quad's left formation on third and one on the on the first drive, that, that wasn't in Canada's play, but that was a great... And, and uh, the one for the... One of the TDs as well, there's some, some formational stuff going on there. 
that's just like, oh yeah, that's a modern offense. So th- these guys are doing a good job. I don't know who's going to get the job or what's going to happen forward, but these guys are making a, a, a decent statement about you know the ability to call plays and design a playbook. It's, again, how the Mason-Rudolph comparison to Kenny Pickett makes him look bad. Does just replacing Matt Canada with anyone else in the building and it being this much better <laughs> makes him look kind of bad, right? Although he's making himself look bad at the time. Right, I wanted to ask you about... So we're playing a snow game in Buffalo, it looks like. Or if not snow, it's going to be inclement weather. We've seen that Warren has had two fumbles in this game. Are you leaning away from Warren? Or are you leaning back in? Are you keeping it the same? It's not necessarily going to be rain, is it? I think it's just... No, not necessarily. It's going to be a weird one. I don't know, weather weather game. I think it's looking minus three, but... I I don't know. It's, It's a weird one. I think... Yeah, he, it was a bit of a shame. You know, those those couple of fumbles were a shame, but he still has so much to offer. And if you can get the ball securely in in his hands, he can he can do wonders for you. So I don't know. It's it's kind of reading the conditions. I think get him out there early. You know, see what he can uh, see what he can do early on. See if that ball security is any sort of an issue. And you know, the moment it is, you you kind of you push him out of there, and you get you get Najee running a lot in this one, but. Um, but I, I still have confidence that he'll uh, he'll bounce back and have a decent game. Nine you, you were on the, the the Warren fumbling issue quite early, weren't you, Mark? Well, it's it, it's just it was one of those things that in camp as a rookie, yeah, it was an issue. He had to you know carrying the ball around everywhere in Latrobe. Yeah, it was it was a concern then. It really hadn't come to the forefront as much um, in the NFL until recently. So. Yeah, it's just a case of getting back on that horse for him, just making sure that he's. Uh, it, it's ever since I called it out, he's been he's been <laughs> fumbling it, so it's probably my mistake. Sorry, sorry about that, Jalen. <laughs> well, the, the first one was just a case of him just just holding it with one arm when he was when he was, mm. was well after the contact. He was just holding it for ages. I don't know why he didn't wrap it up, you know, over under style. And then someone comes in and punches it out, and then it, it got punched out again when he was getting washing tumble dried later on. I just think yeah, he, he it's was not like it's not like he's going to ground and the ball's fumbling out. It's it's just wrap up when you when you but maybe he's just got so used to breaking contact he's not thinking about ball security, he's just thinking about escaping, but sometimes yeah. he can't escape. That's it. He he's a victim of his own contact balance. On that first play, anyone else would have been on the floor by by then, but he's still just trudging around and obviously then someone rips it out. I, I was confused about that play because I think a few of us said this. He recovers that ball again, right? And then he's on the ground. Yeah. That, that was, was odd. And then they just kind of like never showed a replay and were just like, okay, they have the ball now. They moved on. And I was like, are we not going to assess that anymore after the after the, the ad break? No? Okay. I guess not. I, to me, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen it in any better light, but to me, he looked like he'd recovered that ball and was on the ground and was touched. So I don't know. I I, I, I didn't comprehend the rules of the NFL anymore. We've got like guys lying out of bounds, touching the ball as it's on the sideline. and I, I can't keep up with it. It's all very complicated. <laughs> nine carries for 33 yards Warren five grabs for 17 I would like to see him remain involved as you say Mark I, I would like to uh, you know don't, don't don't lean too hard away from Warren so that Najee would become one dimensional in this inclement weather game uh, I would like to see him at least at least attempt running the ball a little bit early on and we'll see how it goes I mentioned as, as far as the rest of the offense goes not, not really a great deal to go around obviously we got DJ with his big uh, 72 yard touchdown but he only finishes for 89 overall what do you think about that that big long touchdown? It's the second big slant we've seen for DJ, right? Yeah, it's great. Nice deep slant, nice route. Another Burns thing that was guy. just interesting route because it didn't. He, it looks like he's cut 
he's uh, split the two safeties, but he actually split the safety and the cornerback and just caused confusion there. It was a, a lovely stem on the route. It was great. And another play we didn't see in the Matt Kinder offense that seems to have resurged in recent weeks. Nope. And how and we've been calling for that all season. More slants. Yeah. You know, we have who's gonna cover our receivers on slants? I mean, you know, so yeah, that was nice to see. And and Kenny wouldn't throw it, right? It was was the other nope. thing. No. So yeah, it, it is nice. Uh and it's just get getting some of the yak plays that we were missing from DJ and Pickens early in the season. It's great stuff. I love Pickens' attitude in this one. No receptions, no yeah. targets, only touched the ball once on a third down sweep. And and he was the first to be celebrating with DJ on that slant. So so it feels like the vibes have recovered, right? In these three weeks with Mason. Mason is the is Mason the ultimate vibe QB? See the glue guy. It seems that Forget way. John LeGlue. Mason's the glue John guy. John LeGlue, oh God. God, I'd forgotten about John LeGlue. <laughs> that he he was gonna be a who am I in like three years and we were gonna be like John <laughs> yeah. LeGlue. Maybe still will be. <laughs> No targets for Robinson and, and Calvin Austin. No targets either. One, one uh, jet sweep for him. So again, but both it, both were involved in their roles. It's, this course. was this was a do your do, back to basics, do the routine routinely. In, in I mean, this they were kind running, of weather, wasn't it? Running a lot of twelve and thirteen personnel in this, as you say, the jumbo packages, just 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 running the ball yeah, down. The that, that was another one when they uh, the, the 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 first touchdown drive where they drove down the field, big package, you know, like tight ends. Uh, all tight formations, and then they get into the sort of red zone, and they spread it out, and then they still run the ball, and they can't stop Najee. That was that was good, man. They, they, the, 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 the the timing of spreading it out, going to you know thirteen, uh, sorry, eleven personnel was was that was sage. What what Rich? While we've got you, um, what are you making of the difference between what we've seen from some of the play from the interior O line and and the the exterior O line at the moment? Because it because it feels to me like we. are Giving up a lot of pressure off the edge right now. We know Moore's not the answer. Jones is kind of struggling out there in pass pro at right tackle. He he got eight. What did he end up with? A blocking grade of thirty four point two this week. He um, got a bit wide at times, like the sack. He was his he was starting to pass set way too wide and deep. I thought. Yeah, but, but but at the same time, the run game, you know, he's looking better than ever. So it's tough. Yeah, I you know I think he needs he needs work on his pass protection. We've said that you know shows ago. We we mentioned that that he's. That's if you're if you're looking at a spot where he uh, where he really needs work, it's it's his pass pro and and yeah, you know some of it is scheme too because like like I w- I was really bummed out about how they ended the half because I felt like you know you're going you're you're in enemy territory you you have you have a game where the weather conditions are just horrendous you have a chance to go up by a field goal at the end of the half and you and you're lining up in an empty backfield shotgun you know, and trying to, trying to get us, trying to get six, you know, I, I just was totally against that, you, you know? And so sometimes I think it's, I think it's the scheme. I think sometimes you have to see, realize what you have in front of you. And, and I like when they leave a back in the backfield to help with, with protection. I think they need to do that a little more often, but um, yeah, I don't know. You know, you, you just, you look at the line and the lines obviously gelled better than it was earlier in the year. They're getting, they're getting used to having continuity with one another, but you know, we have, the fact is we have a, we have an average right tackle or left tackle and we have a, a rookie at right tackle, you know, so that's going to equate to some sacks here and there. And I think you just have to cover up those deficiencies with scheme sometimes. And I don't know if we've always done a good job of doing that. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I, yes, but I suppose there's only so much you can do. 
it's like trying to put shit on a silver platter, right? As as a great man once said. <laughs> well, that's maybe that's more Dan Moore than than, than Jones, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I tell you what, Dan, I think Dan Moore would make a fantastic tackle eligible because when he's he's moving across the formation and doing stuff, he looks great. But just down to down, kind of out. Consistent, yeah, yeah. Has anyone seen Chucks? Chucks yeah, he, he, did, he, did, he, did, he, he did a tackle eligible play, didn't do much. And he looks small. I, I, I don't know mm. what's happened. He looks small to me. Interesting. Uh, I want to just shrunk. give a shout out to Siamalu as well. Mm. Finished the season, didn't allow a sack all season. Great. I know PFF would probably agree with me, but I thought he dominated in this game again. That was two weeks in a row. I think he's made a real difference in the run. You see that block uh, on Najee's touchdown? The little oh yeah, little trap block he did there, little, little pullover. That, very nice, very nice. He yeah, he's been great. Hope, hopefully, he's around for a long time. But yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling good about the run game at least, and I feel like that's going to be the most important thing this week uh, against Buffalo. Again, not much involvement from the tight ends, although I think we've come to expect that. But tons of twelve, thirteen personnel, as I said. So we saw a lot of them on the field. So kind of strangely large snap counts for a lot of these guys. Um, I just want to shout I think out. You've him. got to give all the credit to the tight ends and to Adam Robinson for the improvement yes. in this run game, and to Amalo. I, I really do. I think Very those guys are in the scepter. Unselfish, I think, season from the tight ends at the back end of the season, I would say. And Connor Haywood, I know it's only a two yard catch, but that, that throw to him from uh, Mason Rudolph might have been his worst throw all day. Um, it was like a key well, throw. He's thrown on the move there. That's what yeah, you can't do. Yeah, no. Even that, even that, like a two, a two, two yard, a two yard off, yeah. throw, he can't even get it right. And so Haywood has got his limitations. Great adjustment. Expecting it in front of him probably could have gone for a good 10, 15 yards if it had been, but adjusts nicely, just manages to grab it and, and still powers through to the first down. So credit to him on that one. Oh, okay. Here we, this is fun. Who's the worst player on the offense this week? I would have said Dan Moore, maybe. Dan Moore. What did you say, Gav? Mason Cole. Mason Cole. Rich, are you still playing the PFF game, or are you uh, are you like no, no sir? I I am boycotting the PFF game because okay. they they suck. Fair so. enough. Fair. But but you, you got to understand, Rich. Part of the point of this game is to weekly highlight how much they suck. So so I feel like this is kind of onside. Yeah yeah, it's, you, it definitely you know? works. You know you have to you have to think like they would. So you mark down TJ. You know. <laughs> That's thinking outside the box. I kind of like it, Sai. So <laughs> but um, I'm going to respectfully decline Fair because I, I just, yeah, you know, you know what your name's attached to this. I guess. <laughs> well, you're going to enjoy this. The lowest score on offense this week by a good almost ten points is Mason Rudolph <laughs> with a forty, <laughs> under forty wow. PFF grade, sub forty PFF grade. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, the top grade. Hmm. Top grade. It's got to be. That's I feel like Connor Hayward would actually be quite other because I thought he did it bits and bobs here and there, other outside of the catch as well. But DJ might be just for the TD. Uh, although he didn't really do much else outside of Nagy. that. Naji, five, Nagy, five Nagy. to five receptions. Yeah, yeah Naji's who, who Rich would vote for if he if he was playing the game. I imagine. <laughs> uh, it was it, it was Connor Hayward. Yeah, it was Connor oh, Hayward. There you go. Wow. What a mark. 90, 90 PFF grade. DJ and Naji following very closely behind and Sayamalu in fourth. So uh Oh I think, good. So they did they did have they did have Suomali as a, as the uh top lineman yes. this week. Yeah, then Daniels, then Dunmore, then Mason Cole, then Bridget Jones. Is the order they've gone with this week. But yeah, the Mason Rudolph one is the head scratcher for me. 
I think sometimes PFF like really slams people, and you're just kind of like, okay, so he, he threw one throw that you've deemed a turnover where they play fine, and maybe you've deemed he's held the ball. Even not, if you, even if you say on two snaps there, and, he, and he's forced two sacks, are we gonna we're gonna remove all responsibility from the offensive line? You're really gonna take him all the way down to four, a sub forty grade? Feels a bit rough. I don't know. Can we uh, can we quickly talk about the end of the first half and what happened? There. Yes, like, what, oh, that was what yeah. a shambles that was. Yeah, that just, was what I was looking at on my list when I started, and I was like, "Do we want to talk about the coaching points first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, the way they ended the game is the way they should have ended the first half. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, correct. Yeah, with fourteen seconds left, I, I, yeah, I, they probably should have just kicked it and got out of there. To be honest, but I understand they're under the play, obviously, but they weren't prepared, right? They just got sacked. They just fumbled the ball, uh, and then of course they fumbled it again. So, yeah, poor management. I don't know if that's more on Mason or on the OCs. I'm assuming they're calling those plays in, but but does Mason not have the opportunity to spike it there on his own? I don't know necessarily in those hurry-up offences who's making those calls. Is that a Mason game planning thing? I don't think so. I think that's either Tomlin or the OC. Okay, fair enough. I, I thought it, I thought it would be Tomlin saying, "Let's go for." A <laughs> did they have a Did they have a pause the there before that play? Though I was thinking it was like they got sacked and then ran another play straight away. Or am I misremembering that? Was there like a pause in play? Timeout? Or I don't, I don't think so. No, because I think the clock, think so. the clock oh. was still running. Yeah, I think that was the whole thing. Yeah, it's just, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's what I thought. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like there wasn't much time on the clock. I feel like Mason maybe just called that play at the line and and ran it. I don't know. Unsure. Weird. The other thing I wanted to, yeah, what, what was the other coaching? Oh, that was it. I don't, know, I don't know where I heard this this week, but I heard someone talking about Mike Tomlin had said something about uh, how he game plans for the Ravens or something. I don't know if anyone of you have heard this, but how he's all about keeping the game close until the fourth quarter and then hitting them with one big play. I did hear about that. I can't remember where from. But... It must have been on a podcast yeah. or something, Mark, because hmm. we both heard it. But I was thinking about that. I'm like, what a... What a what a great like vi- visualization that is for why Tomlin wins so many of these close games, you know. Especially this year, I feel like he's. I know, Rich, you haven't agreed with this. I know you've been a little bit more anti-Tomlin maybe than I have, but I don't know. Tomlin, the, the value add on these close games when he's kind of identified that we've just got a lot of problems on offense this year, and the way he's been able to win some of these close games doesn't excuse the the, the problems with you know playing down to poor opponents and losing three games on the trot that we shouldn't have even been competing with the teams in but I don't know Rich what do you think there's, there's a value add here right with these close games and the ability to just edge these out all the time yeah I mean there's something to be said for that I just think <clears throat> this is it's, it's a actually a really um a good topic because I I don't I depending on what Tomlin does is able to get his how he's able to prepare his team for this playoff game and whether they win or not, I think I think that would go a long ways into deciding whether I would keep him on or not as the Steelers coach. And yeah. and I know anytime somebody mentions this online on social media or somewhere, somebody always comes back. Well, he'll be hired within minutes by another team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he will. <laughs> he's a good coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. It's just that sometimes. You just you, you fall into this me, this mediocrity where you just you're not getting it done the way maybe you did at one point. You need a you need a change. You know the team needs a change. You need a change. There was a coach for the Philadelphia Eagles who 
coached for them for 14 years, had a playoff record of 10 and nine. He won conference championship five times or, or went to the conference championship five times, but lost four of them and then lost in the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy was a good coach, though, you know, and they fire him. And two coaches later, they bring a guy in and he wins the Super Bowl for them. Now, that coach from that got fired from Philly goes to Kansas City and wins two Super Bowls. So it's like. That coach needed a change. Obviously, he needed he needed a change of scenery. The team needed somebody new that's gonna is gonna deal with personnel differently, you know, come in with a fresh system and just have a fresh view of, of things. So it's so that coach was obviously good. Tom is obviously a good coach. I just think sometimes you just get to a point where you're, it's just stale. What you're doing is stale. Like he's got a great he's a great communicator. Players love him, right? Like he's got this unique form of communicating that's very attractive to the ear. I think Gab and Cy, you guys said a few shows ago, man, I would miss Tomlin if he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you would. That's, that's his strength. Communication <laughs> is his strength, but he's just, he's bec- the Steelers have gotten used to being mediocre. They just have, he he's nine and 10 in the playoffs. He hasn't, he hasn't won a playoff game since 2010. Okay. Am I, am I trying to dump on the guy? No, but I'm just saying these are facts. You know, he's just not able to put this team over the top anymore. He won uh, he won a Super Bowl with a team that had just been just won a Super Bowl a few years before. You know, like it wasn't his team. He didn't build that team. Cower built that team, but he was good enough to take them to the Super Bowl and win. I'll give him that. But he's never he hasn't proven that he can build his own team and be successful with them. You know, so good coach. Yeah. But is it time for a change? I think that should be a conversation. I really do. You know, so we'll see what happens, you know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would, I would put a lot of, I put a lot of emphasis on whether he can win this playoff game or not. Cause it's, it's been a while since he's won one. Mm. Do yeah, you think I, he's considering retirement or? That's been a talk, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know what he should do if he's considering retirement? He should coach in college mm. because he would be an amazing college coach. Cause in college, what, it's better to be a great recruiter than a great coach. If you're a great recruiter, you're going to win a lot of football games because you get all that, you know, uh, five-star talent or you get a lot of that five-star talent from around the country because people, they like your style. They like the way you communicate with them. They, they, they know you're a player's coach and they want to come play for you. I think he'd be an incredible college coach, to be honest with you. But I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I, I, you know, I know that's the talk right now, but. Yeah, and he's, he's saying Mike, you know, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's going to take Maryland to the national championship game. <laughs> hey, you never know. I, I I think he would be an amazing college coach. But yeah, I, you know, I, I think I think it's got to be in the conversation. If he loses his playoff game, I think they have to at least look at it. And the Roonies are very very um, they're very much known for being patient, right? Three coaches since 1969. That's that's a lot of patience, right? But yeah, I just, I just think we, we Steelers have become used to being mediocre, it, mm-hmm. and we have, we weren't that way in the past. And I think it's just, it's kind of like we just kind of slowly, it's happened over the years, and we've kind of gotten used to, hey, as long as we have a winning record, yeah, we're good, <laughs> you know. So what, my recollection know. of what, what, what about the Steelers in the eighties? They were kind of mediocre, weren't they, in sort of early nineties? They had they had times when they were for sure under Noel too. They had times where they were very mediocre or not that good at all. Cower, you know, Cower was twelve and nine in the playoffs, and when he took over that team, they hadn't been to the Super Bowl what thirteen years. 
when he took over that team. So he, he built yeah. a Super Bowl winning team. You know, Tomlin has not done that. And no, obviously, <laughs> you know, took the Steelers from, you know, just the worst team in the league to a four-time Super Bowl champion four times in six years. So he obviously built a Super Bowl team. Tomlin hasn't done that. Hmm. It's tough because uh, I think, uh, especially when, you know, we started to go through that lull there and, and the Tomlin talk really piped up. I think that was something I was advocating for, Rich, was the idea, I think that's the most compelling argument, that, that it's not that he's a bad coach, it's that you know things have become stale. I, I do appreciate that, and I think what we've seen that with the change, you know, they stepped in, we don't quite know how it happened, but it seems like there was, uh, you know, a hand was forced along the way, whether it was uh, literally forced or not, in terms of Matt Canada's departure with Mike Tomlin, right? And and that, that, was, a, that was someone stepping in and, and the power being taken away from Mike Tomlin, I think. And I, I think if the team is open to doing that a little bit more, um, I think we're seeing uh, the dark side of what happens when you hand over too much control to a head coach. You've seen it in New England right now. Um, obviously, it worked for them for, for a very long time, so it's not to say it's not worth it there. But, you know, w- with uh, with Tomlin, it feels to me as if if we can maybe just, um, you know, shake the things up around him, keep what, keep what's great about Mike Tomlin, keep, keep him as the head coach. He's the figurehead. He's the coach of the team. He's, he's still involved in all that way. You know, I'm not really trying to take too much away from him, but just in the sense that you get people around him, a brain trust, you know, a, a t- people that think a little bit differently and be open to new ideas is all I would say. And I don't think that Tomlin has to necessarily go. And, and, and the one thing I would push back on is the idea of mediocrity, Rich, it, it, just, just in the sense that I understand what you're saying, that we haven't got over the top in a long time, but what is mediocre? I mean, there's a lot of bad teams in this league that have been bad for a very long time. And I don't know what success looks like in a league where only one team wins it at the end of every year. You know, it's difficult. There's only ever been 58 Super Bowls and we've won six of them. But, you know, what is mediocrity and what is success? I understand we want to win some playoff games and we haven't in recent years. That's a frustration. But to me, it's also a very small sample size. You know, you're playing good games against good teams. I don't know. The playoff argument, I hear it. Eventually, it has to change. I mean, ultimately, the responsibility falls to his door, but I just don't know that I'm quite there yet. I don't know. There always seems to be an injury problem. With every every playoff run, it's always TJ or it's Le'Veon or it's yeah. so, someone key is missing. Someone I know that's with every team and you have to rise to the occasion, but it does seem, it seems to always happen to the Steelers when their first playoff game. I want to see respectable that. effort. I will say that. I, I, I'm not going to... You know, it seems like you're, you, Rich, are a little bit more. You want to see this win, you know, for obvious reasons with Tomlin not having won one. I want to see a, a competitive game here. I want to see us win. But, you know, if we were to duck out here to a good Buffalo team and Josh Allen absolutely, you know, balls out and we put up a good effort and it's a tight game, you know, I'm not going to be too upset about that. I'll be upset, but I'm not going to be pointing the finger at Tomlin, I suppose, is what I'm saying. But that's where I am. I don't know. Matt, where are you on this? I, I really don't know this, but it, it's really hard to say. Weeks ago, I was, you know, really on the fence about. It was the first time I've ever been on the fence about Tomlin. I think weeks ago, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I need to see how the how this goes on uh, at the weekend. As you say, as long as we turn up and we play a play a good game, I'm not expecting the W. But if we turn up and we give them a good go, you know, I'll I'll be heartbroken if it's if it's a devastating, you know, one score, tight to the bone loss, but. You know, I'll, I'll get over it knowing that we really gave it our all, mm. rather than rather than we just get absolutely bulldozed. In an you don't F- want a Browns situation. You like don't. God, no, ago. you don't. My God, if that happens, then yeah, I think we were all depressed for a good couple of weeks, couple of months after that. So, <laughs> yeah, let's not have that happen again. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think we need to, we just need to get this 
get this run done, see how far we yeah. get here now, and then let's let's assess, let's have a look, just see where we go from there. Because you, you're right, the Roonies are patient. And I mean, you know, if the Roonies were in charge of Tennessee, I don't think Vrabel would be gone now like mm-hmm. he is. You know, and I don't think he should be, by the way, but we'll get on to that. No, no yeah, I don't no. either. I think <laughs> one of the biggest injustices of this season. Definitely. To be honest. I mean, yes. the dude, they traded away his best receiver and they drafted three rubbish yeah. QBs the whole time he's there. I mean, what, what chance do you give a guy? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, they would have been patient with him there. But, yeah, it, Rich is right. They are, they are very patient. You know, three coaches in however many years it's been is just an absolutely insane thing. But now now you, are, you do have to look at it and think, is it, to, is it time to move on? But let's let's get this playoff run out of the way let's see where we are and then we can we can really dive into it yeah here's another issue i have guys why can't we hire and we i say we am tomlin a good coordinator exactly an yeah, elite exactly. coordinator why and why when we have why we had two of the best assistant coaches we've ever had on our team in the building we let them go mm-hmm. munchak and flores mm-hmm you, you do everything you can to keep those guys in the building. I mean, they are elite, you know, and we just let them go, you know, and, and we, we don't, we just can't, hi- they don't hire good coordinators. Like, I mean, like top notch coordinators. And I don't, I don't know why that is. You just, you look at Tallman's coaching tree and it's like bear, you know, is, who, is who, has he, who has he developed? You know, I'm sorry. Do you think, do you think the Roonies don't, don't, don't pay enough? Like you can earn more elsewhere could be you know mm, yeah it's possible yeah that's possible maybe tom's hands are tied there that could could be something going on behind the scenes that you know we have no way of knowing that is definitely a possibility because you know all right flores did have did did what you know that was an upgrade he he got the dc job right from from being the linebackers coach but but munchek just moved sideways he went to be a low-line coach somewhere else i mean why do you do that I, i know what you're saying is that maybe is it a case of tomlin needing to be the, the loudest and most powerful voice in the room doesn't like, you know, usurpers or any, any kind of person that generates a little bit of, you know, unrest in the dressing room because they've got clout or is it just money? And, and usually I think things come down to money, unfortunately. Yeah, usually. It's really, really frustrating though because he would have been, he'd been a really great defensive coordinator for us. And and I don't think Austin is horrible, but I don't think he's great. I don't like what he's done with his own defense. I still don't think our, we, we don't play a good enough zone defense, you know, but I think Flores could have helped us out tremendously. And obviously Munchak turned our offensive line around in one season. And then as soon as he left, you know, people are like, oh, no, this guy's his, his disciple. He's going to just pick up where Munchak left off. Nope. It went downhill immediately, you know. So, yeah, that's the, that's just really, really frustrating. I've got a sneaky suspicion that that the, the way that Flores stuff went down was if if they could have gone back and not given Terrell Austin that that DC job, they would have given it straight to Flores, right? Kind of feels like that's what the, the blood. Yeah, would have been. I, I think they should have. I know that. I know the Rooney. It like, so it's like a. Yeah, it's like you know the Rooney's have tried to foster a family type atmosphere. Yeah. I know that, but they trust me. They've been brutal in the past. When you know it's <laughs> it's a business. You know the way they handled Franco Harris, the way they handled Rod Woodson, the way they handled Anna Fanica. Like they trust me. They it is a business, and they know that. So, uh, you know, I think at James that Harry. point, yeah, I I think at that point you just go, sorry, Austin, your day will come because this guy's probably going to get a head coaching job again within a season or two. But right now we're going to make him the DC. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so tough because you know they probably make the whole announcement, don't they? Right, They're like we've named our new DC. The social media posts go up, right? You have a whole little Ferrari around that. I know it's not exciting because it was Terrell Austin, but still they do it. And then you're going to turn around and say, well, actually, no, we're going to just give it to Brian Flores because it's turned out he's available because this weird thing that's gone on with Miami. And- they should have made him technical supervisor <laughs> of the defensive you know, quality. You know, some invented some role rather than making him line. Well, they did. Well, well, yeah. But, but it's then, money. It must be was, money again. Was he even going to stay? Was he even going to stay the year after? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I hear what Rich is saying because I do think you needed to keep in the building, but is that not a little bit like James McDaniels-y, right? I don't want the Steelers to be James McDaniels, you know? I don't want to be, you know, backing out of head coaching jobs because uh, I don't fancy it this week. I don't know. I'm not, feel- I don't- I'm not feeling that. I-, I don't know how they would have done it, but I would not like. I would not have been over the moon if they just retracted the offer from the guy they already gave it to. And <laughs> I don't know. It would have been- It would have felt strange. God, what were we talking about? We didn't even get on the defense. Let's just very quickly, very quickly, tell me the, tell me the, uh, the highest rated and the lowest rated players on defense this week, Gav. Highest rated. Well, it's a tough one because I thought TJ had a good game, but it wasn't a uh, game-winning performance, but it was still good. Obviously, he went out. What, when did he go out? Third, third quarter, was it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. AFC player of the week, TJ. What? So maybe it was him. But I do think Eric Rowe has, has stepped up, in, and I know he went off for a bit, but again, tackle leader and, and, and a good tackler. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Rowe, even though it's probably TJ. What do you reckon, Matt? I'm going to err on the side of caution. I'm going to say TJ because, yeah, as you say, AFC Defensive Player of the Week just showed up again. Even in right. even in less than a game, he just shows how incredible he is. Well, there's three players with uh, you know what you quote-unquote call elite grades this week, 90 above. Uh, TJ is one of them, but he's not top. Uh, Armand Watts is third. Uh, number one, what? number one, Matt Robinson. Wow. Okay. I did say, well, <laughs> that's interesting. Literally, my notes on Mark Robinson go, most impactful game, but hold on. Oh. Got lucky with the punch-out fumble and was unblocked for the sack. I mean, well, this is the make hell of a tackle. Right? This is the point. <laughs> yeah, he did make hell of a tackle in the run. Wait, wait, on that one where he, he didn't shed, but somehow still managed to make the tackle. But there was, there was other problems. I mean, you still see he's got a long way to go in diagnosis. You know, there's there's times where he like crashes downhill to try and block up a guy that's pass protecting, letting Charlie Kohler just run free into where he was. So, I mean, PFF, come on, do better than that. Still, you know, impact plays are impact plays. I get that. So, you know, I, I don't know. I can't complain sure. him coming in, forcing a fumble, and and getting a sack on 13 snaps. But at the same time, I think this flies in the face of PFF's argument that they don't just look at stats and they look at. Uh, everything else. I mean, to me, that... Yeah, Sam Monson, come on, come back to us. I mean, this is the opposite <laughs> of what you were saying on this very show. So I don't know how to make that make sense, but it is what it is. Highsmith, just just very narrowly behind them as well. Uh, Eric Rowe was sixth, Gav, 80 grade, very good grade. Uh, so so you went too far. I think you owe him an apology after you talk. I really don't think I do. Again, I don't Matt, think he was that. Again. Yeah, no. Again, what have we ever said that's untrue? <laughs> He had the tackling yeah, of a wet fish that game, but otherwise he was very good. <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's got the tackling of an angry fish, this guy. Oh. Or some kind of like an armoured creature that lives on the bottom of the ocean. I don't know, something. Armoured creature, well. Uh, that's where Ketz is right now, I think, in one of those uh, Ocean Gate submarines at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, no. Oh, he's imploding. Look, oh, looking no. for special armoured plate creatures at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> He's a real addition. I mean, they're going to get KZ back, right, in this game. And I think as soon as we can get Patrick Peterson away from that safety position, the better. 
Yeah. And uh, and less snaps for Killebrew, I'm afraid. So I think Rowe, hey. I think you play KZ at free safety and Rowe at strong safety and, you, and you're in good shape. And Minka, uh, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, you know who full practiced today is Minka Fitzpatrick. So. Nice, we need him. We need him against Josh Allen, who loves tossing the ball up in the air. <laughs> yeah, I, I give you that, Gav. Eric Rowe had a great game. 12 tackles. Um, he's very physical. He forced, didn't, didn't he force a fumble? I've got it listed here. I can't even picture what fumble yeah, he, he forced. Yeah, yeah. Right. I can't remember which court it was, but it was the one where we thought Benton had picked it up, but it turned out it was Marcus Golden who right. uh, was credited oh, yeah. with, with the uh, pickup. I thought I thought Benton made that fumble. I think everybody did, but it's uh, it was credited to Golden. So uh, yeah, 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 I saw that, but it's very strange. It might it's, it's clearly Benton, Benton just smashed the ball out. I don't know. I don't know how you could credit that. I think the PFF guys and the stat counters from NFL are in cahoots here. They're all smoking weed somewhere, not not, not really watching what's going on. <laughs> I got to say, I, I, just while we chatting about Rowe, not bad for a converted corner. The dude's playing, the dude's making plays from deep single high, crashing down to meet Melvin Gordon at the edge. And then the next play, playing strong safety and, and smashing Gordon. So I, th- I think that guy is, 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 is being underrated. I think he's a, a, at the very best, uh, at the very worst, like a competitive jag. I think, but I think he's actually better than that. I think he brings some experience. Um, and I, 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 hope, I hope he makes it. I hope, he, I hope he's around. I hope he sticks around next year. I'd like to see him. So yeah, thirty-one. Um, I think he is. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's old. Yeah, oh. we'll see. You know, see how this strong safety hitch goes if if that's indeed what they choose to do. Because I mean, that's going to be a position we're looking for. I imagine next year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of these guys in this team right now, right? You know, between him and, and Michael Walker and, and Miles Jack and these guys that have kind of come off the couch and play, they're all doing a, you know, a, a solid job, I think. They've done a great job of yeah. identifying the best street free agents. I think yeah. that's been a real a real change from, from a few years ago where it was just always guys you never heard of. And all right, maybe it's, you know, name value plays a fact, but these guys are performing. Walker, yeah. Rowe. Well, it's, it's, it sounds, uh, I, can't, I can't remember who said this either, but but it's I heard this this week. It, you think about what we were doing at this time last year when TJ's out and, you know, you're rotating in like, you know, Reed and uh, who's the other joker? Jimmy we had Jones and... Yeah, it's just, just a complete, you know, nonsense show. And now TJ's out. And don't get me wrong, you know, TJ being out, I think is, is massive for this game, of course, as it will be for any game that he's out. We've seen the win percentages, but... To have Alex Highsmith on one side, and we saw what he did when TJ was out before, and now to have you know the mix of Marcus Golden, Nick Herbig a little bit to rotate those guys around, you know, I don't know, I'm not as like scared as I would have been. I'm not, especially no. last year. I think that rotation there will be a drop off. Yeah. There. there will be, sure, there will of course, be. there will. Be. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's an elite, you know, otherworldly type player. You know, the, the the game runs through him a lot of the time, but I would I would say we've got an above still an above average pass rush unit there, you know. Definitely. As I mean, Highsmith on most team on most teams would be your premier pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. I think. I, I mean, obviously, the, looking at the stats, they're very similar. TJ and Highsmith. The, the only difference is TJ's got twenty sacks. The and sacks, yeah. Highsmith has got. <laughs> and seven. I think a lot of that is TJ's ability to kind of clean up, right? And I think what you saw when TJ was out was Alex Highsmith doing exactly that, but just maybe doesn't get as many opportunities with TJ on the field, which is you know maybe to be expected. I don't know, but. Is it fair to expect 40 sacks out of both of them? I mean, that seems a little bit insane. So, you know, if TJ is going to be getting 20 sacks, Highsmith probably isn't, you know? I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, Highsmith's got more pre- more hurries. 
yeah. 20 less pressure. He's a darling amongst... And, you know. Well, that's the thing, because you know, it always works when it's convenient for these people, right? Because uh, when it fits the argument for Miles Garrett, it's all we ever hear about is pass rush this, pass rush that. But you don't hear anything about Alex Highsmith, who's been a darling in that stat this year. Nor do we hear about it now about Miles Garrett, now that he's sunk to exactly the same position that TJ is. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. TJ wasn't voted in all of the, uh, huh? Sorry, they love the pass rush win rate, right? I can't say that. say that. TJ Watt, 92.5%. Is that right? Pass rush? No, 16.9%. I thought 92%. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> the wrong stat. They yeah, have uh, the same uh, number of questions, I think. It's- 16.9% pressure win rate right alex highsmith 18 percent. nick herbig 18.2 percent, and marcus golden 19 percent. so in fact tj does have the lowest percentage see right see do you know what i mean this is why this is just such a stupid start why are we even talking about it Th- this alone proves it's dumb let's stop bringing it up <laughs> it's dumb do you know what do you know what's not dumb three-time sack leader tj watt for a season. That is absurd. Yeah. Utterly absurd. First person to do it three times, I believe. Congratulations. And and, and what a shame that you went in that third quarter. I really wanted to get that 20th sack in the fourth. Who knows if you would have done, but Tyler Huntley, wet game. You could have seen it. He was already on two sacks. Yeah. I would have liked got to see 20 sacks. 20, he's got 20? He's got 19? Yeah, he's right? got 19. Yeah, he's got 19. He's got 20 according to what I'm looking at here. What are you looking at? PFF. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no he's officially got 19 according to the NFL PFF's okay, added an so extra they, one they, oh you know what they do they do the they don't count split sacks that's what it is so he must oh so they just give him a sack that was split they give him an extra sack yeah right that's okay, what it is. fair enough he's well, got he, 19 hits so there you go TJ Watt was not voted to the players voted all pro team nor was he put on the pro football focus all pro team uh, so he's apparently not the top in the top four pass rushers, first or second team for Pro Football Focus. Um, that was Max Crosby and Miles Garrett, one and two. Uh, and the players apparently don't vote him as uh, a top a top edge rusher. So uh, Lewis Riddick has already um, expo- uh, has already tweeted out saying that he must be watching different games then if he's not a <laughs> first team All Pro. What's going to happen with insane. Depoy here? Because Miles Garrett is still the odds on favorite, but it's narrowed. And now TJ's plus 200 or something. I saw earlier today. Miles, Miles is minus Mika Parsons. He was nowhere near. I don't think he's got the buzz for it. I, I really think it would be either Garrett. And if it wasn't Garrett, that it would be TJ at this point. But Or Josh Allen. I mean, well, yeah, I don't see why not. Decently. Yeah. 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 I, I just don't think he's again, got the buzz for it. No, because it's again, it's a silly award really, isn't it? I don't know why we spend so much time talking about it, but it <laughs> well, seems we'll, to we'll get back driven. onto that in a minute. Yeah, we might have some some updates about that. Oh, well, I mean, does, does anyone else jump out to you like from the defense you want to get into? Because I kind of want to roll on into into a bit more about this Buffalo game. So, how how tough is Alandon Roberts, by the way, yes. playing through this pack? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look right, but he's still no. making plays. Good, to, yeah, good to have him there, though. I mean, it felt like things were a little bit all over the place with him not there because everybody had been injured, and you know, he's an important guy to be there. And twenty two snaps, so they limited his snaps, kept him on the field. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I, and I think I tell you what, uh, Jack with communication as well came in, yeah. and, and you know he's he's not dropped a beat. I mean, you see on uh, where was it now? Hang on, let me see. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, on the uh, pass breakup by Joey Porter, first quarter, third third and three, 
Porter jammed up his guy and switched to cover, like breaking out Hill and um, and got the pass break up on the sideline. You're thinking, wow, amazing release, amazing lateral agility, great play by Porter. If you actually watch that back, before the play happened, Jack is basically telling him, take that guy, jam him, and I'm, and then, I, and then I'll, t- I'll pick him up and you take the guy. Jack read the play, knew what happened, and told Porter what to do. So he's thinking, mm-hmm. wow, he's coming off, off the street and he's directing traffic in the yeah. defense. So that, that, that's, that's a massive plus point for him. And the, the other thing I wanted to say quickly before we move on with this game, I'm a bit worried about the D-line, I've got mm. to say. I think it's, I think it's regressing. Yep. They're not getting much pressure. They're not that great against the run. I mean, I enjoyed the spin move, Mark, that Benton did as much as the fumble, which I, I totally think was Benton. I don't, I don't know what the hell PFF for grading Watts that high. I mean, he got beaten so bad by Lindenbaum. I don't know what's going on. Loudermilk and Adams whoa, both made plays. Be, but, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we throwing shots at Armand Watts here? He comes in in the fourth quarter, third down, completely destroys the play, gets off the field, gets injured. Leads to a punt. Might have saved the game. I for just us. don't think he The key. Okay. <laughs> You're saying he's a difference maker. 90 overall sure. grade. Elite. I know. I, I, I was surprised by that. Well, it's just he's only played um, nine snaps I, and he's come in and made a game. I think play. That's what it is. Okay. One play. I, I understand. I, but that's PFF grade. I, I don't see who the dominator is. I, I think Cam. Yes, I agree. Ho- hopefully he's going to come back. You know, prayers up for Cam. Hope he comes back next season. But if he doesn't, I'm concerned. Despite only playing 167 run snaps this year, he's still the run stop percentage leader on the team by by a huge margin. I mean, so a stop is a tackle that is considered a failure for the offense, right? Cam is on a, on only 176 snaps. He's at 12.9 percent. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. So like over one in ten plays, he's making a failure tackle for the offense, right? Louder Milk's the next highest at 7.8%, Adams at 7%, Larry at 6.7%, Watts at 6.6%, and Benton at 6.3%. So you're seeing that even in limited snaps, Cam's making such a difference that isn't there when he's not there. And you see it, right? It's just there's no dominator. So I think that's that's got to be a, a position that they target. Maybe it's Chris Jenkins Jr. from Michigan or someone else. Someone's got to come in and make a difference in the run game because – at the moment, that guy isn't on the roster. Yeah, sorry, I, I Mark. think I know. I know you're thinking, what about Benson? But I, I, I think I don't think guy. that's his skill. He's a penetrator. He's a yeah. penetrator. I don't think he, he needs he needs somebody alongside him. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be. You know, yeah, he's obviously not going to do it. Either. It's not necessarily a run stuffer. It's not a plugger. I, I think there's no. room for like a terminator. You know, just a guy that's just going to like crush your dreams before you've even realised you've had them. And that's what Cam's been. And I don't know who is successful. Uh, we, we need to spend a, a a high draft pick on a, on a defensive end, right? Uh, you know, we what we tried to do with Leal. Like, D lineman. Be, well, yeah, well, yeah. I, well, I think we need you know a, a Cam Hayward type. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not a DN. That's not a D tackle. It's 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 yeah. a D lineman. That's a disruptor. Yeah, I think that's what they need. A Jalen. Is it worth type. a first round pick? I mean, they they, <laughs> t- they took Hayward with a first round pick. Should should that be the focus? I'm, I think that's the identity. This team has spent a lot of money on the D line, and this is the first year for a long time I can remember thinking, "This isn't this isn't the premier group on this team." Yeah, no, it, you know, it hoping, certainly. We're all isn't. hoping that Benton progresses, but I think he's a he's a guy that needs to be a foil, not the main the main character. Yeah, 
I, I do agree with you. I think in our you know annual position group rankings, they would have certainly slipped a number of places for me. But uh, at the same time, you know, we didn't let the Ravens run all over us in this. You know, forty-eight yards allowed to Gus Edwards. Most of that came on a thirty-yard play. So kind of stuffed him for a lot of the night. You know, Tyler Huntley got his yards, but it wasn't it wasn't crazy. He ran for forty. Melvin Gordon seven for eighteen yards. So you know, I, I don't know. The run defense wasn't awful in this. No, it's true. It's true. As on the whole, True. but I understand what you're saying though. At the same time, I don't think there's difference makers on this D line right now. At least not in his current construction. I don't, you know, as, as I say, I think Benton can be, and I think Larry O can be to a certain extent. But uh, I think it needs to be built up a little bit more right now. Um, the rotational guys maybe aren't, aren't doing it for you. I think the layout, layout pick. We, we, well, we've we've got, talked a lot yeah, about he's, that. He's dead I think war. that's that's kind of tanked him a little bit. That that should have been a more impactful player in the third round. Okay. Oh, uh, JPJ, I just wanted to um, mention a good and a bad. Great coverage on a few plays, but but specifically I called out, he had a man-to-man play with Justice Hill in third down, first quarter. Very sticky coverage. Made a pass breakup on that. Still That's the one win. I was talking about. That's Jack. Oh, you, that wait, Jack. you mentioned that. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Miles Jack for that. Um, but but it was a great, great play. It was a great play by Porter as well. Not a great. Still got some run defense issues. Apparently his dad's been working on him with the... He's not happy with his run game, so he's been trying to help me. But um, the the big Gus Edwards run is kind of a bad angle from JPJ, who darts into the middle of that huddle when really he should have held back ever so slightly. He would have made that tackle after three yards. So, you know, a couple poor run angles in there, but you, can you complain too much with a guy who's being our shutdown corner right now? Probably not. Um, I'll take the good with the bad. Pat Pete, I will well, say. When you combine that with, yeah, sorry, you combine that with Levi Wallace, who's got a missed tackle rate on the season of twenty five percent. That's one in four, one in four tackles in the run he's missing. That's that's highest on the team with any player over two hundred run snaps. I mean, but, I think the pass play, his missed tackle rate's way lower. It's down at six percent or something. But that that in Levi is not good in the run. Well, he was one of the uh, the many defenders that seemed to think that Isaiah likely turned into a gas cloud. On his touchdown, as he as he just epiphorated through like them all. Pat P was the guy, right? I mean, that yeah, was he was. Just, uh, yeah, what was he that? Was tough because he didn't he didn't have a ton of momentum, but it was it was just a bad look from all of them. Like he just got bowled over. I think you see that now and again. I'm surprised we've not been cost by that a little bit more actually in recent weeks. Is that not having Minka there as our kind of cleanup guy for these tackles on the back end? I'm surprised we haven't been caught out by a few more of those long, you know, short touchdowns that go long. We've seen them, but you know, maybe not at a clip I would have expected with the, the safeties we've been running out there. I had okay. a weird moment yeah. the other night. Lying in bed, it was about two in the morning, and I started thinking about Patrick Pearson. Now, that's weird, right, mm. in itself. Did, did but, the duvet uh, secondly, move at I was all? Thinking, or... what? <laughs> no, the duvet did definitely not move. There was no <laughs> movement. I was thinking, what has Patrick Pearson actually done? And he's come in, and he's, he's worked hard. He's tried his best. He's play, they're playing him at safety. And I was thinking maybe what he's really done, and we should be thankful for this, is that he's taught Porter how to be a professional. You know, imagine that room without Peterson. Maybe Porter would have come in with the I'm the big man attitude, but with with a Hall of Famer there, he's going to like doff his cap and pay him a little bit of respect. And I think that possibly we might look back on that in like five, six years and it will, you know, just... Could tip the de- the balance from being a pro bow to an all all pro. Hundred percent agree. 
I think it's huge to to have a guy, a future Hall of Famer, in the locker room like that to to mentor uh, your DBs. And and honestly, if it's me and Minka can play, I put Minka at strong safety and Peterson at free safety. Whoa! I I don't want KZ out there, uh, honestly, unless it's a dime defense. I just don't. I don't like his pass coverage. He's a, he's a hitter for sure. We have a lot of safeties that can come down and pop you in the box. They're good hitters. We don't have a lot of safeties who are are are, are good against the pass. Who take the proper angle. Mm-hmm. Who have the athleticism to play that that position to guard you know deep uh, protection against guys like Tyreek Hill and that. We just don't you know. Mm-hmm. So I think Peterson's athletic enough to do it. Hmm. It's just it's just his lateral agility for me that is is troubling. Like if if you if you get a good angle on Peterson, you 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 can beat him now. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Yeah, but I like him better back there, so he can see the whole field with his experience. I, I think he, uh, and I think he's he, I think he's good at communicating back there too as well in his own defense. He, with all his experience. I think he can really help those guys back there. I, I, we just we don't have we don't have two good safeties. We just don't. We have one fantastic safety and then a bunch of guys who are okay at safety. I just like his chances better. Yeah, he, he did. I think the problem was at corner he was getting burned. Right. I mean, he, he's given up by far the most QB, the highest QB rating of all our corners when targeted. Uh, but at safety, it covers up some of that stuff, I suppose. Right, Rich. I mean, you know, you're not you're not having to worry about the the movement abilities and the lateral agility as much because it's all in front of him. Yeah. It's a whole different position. Yeah. Like just completely different. You could, you can see at, at a, cause I played free safety. So you see the whole field in front of you, you know, as long as you make smart decisions and you have good instincts back there and you're athletic, you know, I think you're, you're, you're going to do pretty well. And he, he has all that. Yeah. He's not what he once was for sure, but you know, when Rod Woodson transferred to safety, he lost a step at corner. He was a great safety for the Ravens. You know, won a Super Bowl with them. You know, so I think, I think it's a natural progression for for a, a corner who's you know had a lot of success in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I hope you're right. I, I I struggle with him when he's when he's face mask to face mask with a guy that's broken free, like we saw in this game with Edwards, who's who gained another like 29 yards or another 20 yards on a 20 yard rush. Basically, on Pat P not being able to, to to put a foot in the ground and turn, I worry. But maybe, maybe you know, they have to play him a little bit deeper or something. But I do, I do worry that there's a risk of him getting exposed by the free runner in the back end. But uh, yeah, I hope you're right. I mean, I, I want to respect. You know, I want to show him the respect. Is the guy's a Hall of Famer, and yeah, I'm sure he's like more, as cerebral as Minka, if not more. You know, I you know I think it's the lesser of the evils. I mean, who you describe basically everybody except Minka. You know, who do we have that we can put back there and really trust? Casey takes horrible angles. Yeah, bad angles for Casey. You know, I just I just don't think we have that guy. I miss Terrell Edmonds. God be honest. And I know yeah. you were on that train too, Cy. Okay. I, I, I really I almost said it a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, they they it wouldn't have cost them the bank to resign this guy. And I don't understand why they just never respected his play. I thought he was decent. Yeah, I think the strong safety position kind of became a little bit interchangeable for this team, right? They kind of felt they could just pull that from wherever they want. But as you say, there's things that he did in the passing game, even though that wasn't his game, you know, uh, that we're seeing that strong safeties are struggling with on a regular basis on this team. So, yeah, I, I would be I'd nice play, to I'd play Minka and Rowe, to be honest. I, th- I think Rowe's yeah. the guy at strong safety. I, I like him more than Pat P. I'd put Minka I actually like Rowe, too. 
I, I think that's not a bad call, Gav. I I, I do like Rowe. I think I he's, give... he's got the experience as well of, of playing corner. You know, you move him around, they put him in the slot. You see, you see the eight-man box where they've got Rowe on one side of the linebackers, and I think it was Sullivan on the other. That that looked pretty good. Pretty good setup. I thought. I want to give uh, some special teams, well, <laughs> mostly shout-outs, but Igrebuke, lying mm. down out of bounds, touch that ball, as I mentioned before. Nice heads-up play. I wouldn't have even thought to do that. Apparently, uh, someone was saying the Packers do that. Quite a, a lot. A fair bit. Yeah. Randall, yeah. Mm. But I think that's the first time I've noticed it. I've probably seen it before and just forgotten since, but... Uh, I was like, oh my God, what's he doing? And they were like, okay, it's, it's fine. It's a great play. <laughs> when I saw that ball drop, I was like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Because I, <laughs> I knew in the back of my head, I was like, he's, he's going to do it. And yeah, I mean, somebody hilariously pointed out, imagine Calvin Austin trying to do that. He wouldn't be able to reach. <laughs> He'd be halfway there, just stretching, you know, just trying to get there. Just can't quite get there. But uh, yeah, a thousand IQ play there. I think we need to have a conversation about PH3, don't we? Yes. Well, I mean, Brad, Brad the Wing. punting was gutted in this game. Brad yeah, Wing is, is now Brad back. Wing? Is Brad Wing up? Yeah. Bought yeah, into the Brad practice Wing squad. on the practice squad. Yeah. Don't know if there's any injury there. If it's just like a threat <laughs> to Presley Harvin, not sure. I mean, this was a game where you needed good punting. Yeah. Bad conditions. Field field position battle becomes the order of the day, and he's shanking them out of bounds. I mean, come on. I know. You're, I do you almost feel bad for him because yeah, of the situation. I, I do because uh, he he hit that lovely punt uh, yeah, that yeah. had to be recalled back, redone. I reckon yeah. Callum put Callum Maddox out there. He could do a better job. <laughs> Can't Callum. Wasn't that DJ's fault? Did he? T- someone said he took forty seconds walking off the field or something, so we got that penalty and it cost us thirty-two yards because we had to repunt and it was crap. Yeah, I, it didn't help that you had Jordan Stout on the other side, who was just absolutely tremendous. So yeah. he did shank one as well. He, he did, but, but mostly he was, it, was, yeah. it was reversed. He had one shanked and, th- and three or four good, and and Harvin had one good and three or four shanked. So mm, I'm not sure. I think I think I'm done with Harvin. Yeah, I think it's going to be on the, the list. Danny of Smith is to be honest. Yeah, he yeah. was he was livid with him on the side. Yeah, <laughs> he's picking bits of gum off his face. Some some nice Calvin Austin returns as well, actually. Uh, in this, I don't have the yardage down, but I seem to remember him sort of sprinting up the sideline a couple of times for for decent returns on doing, uh, doing his job, as you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's good to see. All right, should we just talk a bit more detail about this Buffalo game then first before we, and then at the end we can talk about some of the other you know playoff predictions, you know, coaching changes, stuff like that. Sure. Sound good. Okay, Bills. Buffalo Bills were going up to what did this? What's it called now? Obviously, it used to be called Orchard Park. Uh, now it's now it's some high, high marks, uh, high mark uh, stadium. Some horrible, so, something horrible. Now, that, I yeah. what it is. We <laughs> Buffalo eleven and six, uh, four and one at home in the playoffs since twenty seventeen. Steelers did beat the Bills in preseason, if you remember. Whether likely to play a big factor in this one, of course. Uh, I believe the uh, line is at like minus ten for the Steelers on this, right? Yeah, is what I've like seen. Mm. Which to it me seems, seems a bit seems a bit high for a, a bit disrespectful. A I, I think what they're kind of going for is that I think this is either a close game uh, or the, there's the, there's that chance Allen balls out and just you know throws the ball over the yard and it's a blowout. I understand I think, that. I think it's TJ. I think yeah. You think it's the TJ effect? Play, if yeah. TJ's playing this, I think it's a bit it's lower. I think it's a fair bit lower. 
Steelers have a plus 11 turnover differential this season, and Josh Allen loves throwing this ball all over the field. He loves a good turnover, does our Josh? He does. Well, you say that, but his, <laughs> his adjusted completion percentage, 76.6, is decent. Yeah. I think but he's, got, know, he's, he's got a, a, slinger, right? a 3%, he's a he's got a 3% turnover worthy play rate and a 6% big time throw rate. So two out of three of his big arming it is a completion. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's I the scary know. part. I, I think we we see the highlights and think oh we well he's he's throwing all these picks and he's being loose with the ball and he has been a bit looser with the ball this year than last couple of years but it's still He's still effective with it. He's still of course, he's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, that's the thing. Like, he started last week and threw, and threw two picks, right? And you're thinking, like, oh my god, what's going on here? And he ends up throwing for 359 yards against Miami. It's not even close. I mean, that's the value of having a guy that plays this style of of game, right? Is that you can have mistakes because he more than makes up for those mistakes. Like that's the point. And and what you need to try and do as a team playing the, the Bills is to make sure that you capitalize off those mistakes every time. And you minimize the times when he, you know, can can get out there without making any mistakes and make a big play. Gabe Davis, I don't know if he's going to be in or out. He went out and it looked kind of bad in the last game. He's obviously there, you know, speeds the dude, runs all the go routes and whatnot. If he is out, I'm a little bit concerned we're going to see a lot of Khalil Shakir, who I've had my eyes on for a while as a sleeper, like in the league. I've been feeling like he's going to be coming up in fantasy. I've been hoarding him. You're thinking this is the uh, Khalil Shakir breakout game? Yeah, well, last week was the Khalil Shakir breakout yeah. is the problem, and yeah. now this is going to be week two of the Khalil Shakir breakout. So get this, this is fun. On 197 eligible pass catchers in 2023, Khalil Shakir leagues the league in EPA, expected points added per target. So let me say that again, 197 players that are eligible in terms of receivers. Khalil Shakir adds the most ex- expected po- like the most points over expected when he's targeted of all the players in the league. So he, he scores more points than what you anticipate him for doing when he catches the ball. No, when he he's targeted, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. When he's targeted, that, that would be yards over expected is what you're describing. When he's targeted and it might not, so I'm not saying this is necessarily all on him. It's like a mixture stat. It's like, a, it's about the, um, the benefit to the offense. It, basically yeah. it's about the benefit to the offense of targeting this person. So when he's how targeted, the hell do they work that out? It's that so DVOA what, when guy. they target him when yeah. he's when he's ta- <laughs> when he's targeted, the expected points go up by more than anyone else in the league. So on average, when he's targeted, he the, the, I think the score is something like zero point two seven. You get that many more points every time he's targeted, theoretically on average. Right. So he's the anti. Uh... K- uh, Kadarius Tony, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, Kadarius. Yeah, exactly. Kadarius Tony's start for this is probably like minus three hundred and four. Because <laughs> when you target him, he fumbles it and someone else scores. Stefan Diggs, right, has kind of disappeared down the stretch for Buffalo. So I'm, I'm like, kind of got my eyes open on him if he wants to like make a big, you know, playoff stamp here. But is this going to be a passing game at all? Again, I keep bringing up the weather, but like, I'm hearing there's major snowstorms coming for Buffalo on Saturday. Is it going to have calmed down? Yeah, it's weird because the, narr- the narrative on the Bills has been they, they've not generated a running game exactly. right, recently. But, I mean, statistically, that is not true. They are seventh in rush yards, seven, uh, fifth in rush attempts, fifth in rush TDs. Right, but let's, let's, remove Josh- on, on. let's remove Josh Allen from that, though, is the thing. 
And I know you can't. But, he's, but he's th- in the that's game. still part of the rushing game, right? Well, I mean, it doesn't yeah, make any difference who's yeah. running the ball. It doesn't, no. But I, I'm just saying that, you know, it, I think that's where the narrative that's came a, from, that the running game didn't come that's the narrative when the, That's where the narrative and the truth don't align, is that he's their running back. And yeah. they've got playoff Lenny. So, you know, got to oh, work no. out that. Mm, well, he's done nothing this year. <laughs> no, he's done nothing. But I do think the Steelers are pretty good at stopping rushing quarterbacks. I mean, they've, they've, yeah. they've had Lamar's number every time he's shown up and... I can't think. I, I mean, can you think of a, a rushing quarterback that's had real great success? I think I think I think of running backs, but I can't think of rushing quarterback against the Steelers. I didn't think we t- did too great against Huntley last week, but I mean, overall, I no. Don't but think a lot of that was bad. meaningless. Like they were yeah, letting him. Yeah, run. but it, it's still. Run. Yeah, I, I don't think it's been too bad this season. I mean, I don't particularly remember Kyler running. I mean, they just passed it all over us. But yeah, I, I don't remember him really bursting out. No, no I, th- I think we've done all I right. Mean, the book, the, the book's out on this this uh, Bills team. You know, there's turnovers. They they have a lot of turnovers. They have a lot of interceptions, and they're the best team at stopping sacks. Yeah. So you know this this is this this comes down to the back end. I think I think this is you know you you maybe your pressure. You just have to have combined pressure up front. You're not going to get to Josh Allen, but you are going to force him to throw wild balls. So I think that's what they have to do. Get in his face, like mix up with crazy blitz blitz packages that confuse him where he's throwing up prayer balls and hopefully one of our guys can come down with it. I think that that's that's the only hope. I think we win this him. we win this game by winning the turnover battle by more than one. And we've got to we've got to capitalize on those turnovers. We've got to score when Josh Allen turns the ball over. I think that's that's the key, right? The, the offense needs to be able to this this I mean for me this is the Mike Tomlin special again. Keep keep the score low. Keep the Bills off the field at all costs. I mean remember how frustrated Josh Allen has looked in some of these games against the Chiefs where they've just not let him back on the field. Let's get, let's get that rolling. Let's get the run game going in this weather. Well, I don't know. I don't know about if that's going to happen because the the, the D is good. The D's good. Board. Yeah, very good. aggressive. Fourth in sacks with fifty four. Third in picks with eighteen. But they, they they give up some rush yards. Yeah, it's not it's not we're, great. We're the best one. run. Yeah, I, we're I the think, best running team last yeah. five weeks. I think I I think I heard somewhere they are the worst first down rushing D in the league. Like they give up. Mm. Most I think, I think overall they're fifteenth. Overall, they're, yeah, yeah. Overall, yeah. Well, so overall, they, they allow. Well, let's have a look. Four point four yards per carry they allow over the season. But then they've only given up fourteen rushing TDs, which is ten. Interesting. Hmm. So yeah. they 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 bend don't break against the run. Yeah. Hmm. Who do we see? Like if TJ's not not playing, who's activated? It's, it can't be Perales, right? And I think Kyron Johnson's been getting some snaps on Why the special teams. So it might be Kyron it can't be Perales. It just <laughs> I will throw my that beer will, through that the bring TV. This podcast full circle if David Perales is the hero. Game winning sack. If he yeah, if he sacks Josh Allen for a turnover strip <laughs> sack, six. You would have to buy a Perales oh, jersey. Oh, I God. would. I will. I tell you what. If he, if Perales wins the game, I'll buy a Perales jersey. <laughs> yes. I'll buy a white one. Uh, like that. Hey, that backfired on me already, Gav. So you got to be careful. I think the the real risk in this game, right, is as I say, I think we need to score all the all the points of of turnovers here. But but is is our offense going to you know stumble in general? We have in the passing game, we haven't gone up against the defense yet with Mason. I don't think, especially with the Ravens not being full. Although uh, they play most of the starters, right, on defense. Who who sat out there? Mm. Weird game though, not a passing heavy game. I, I don't feel like we've seen the game right where Mason's had to go and win it with his arm against a good 
pass D. And this is a great passing defence, as you say. I mean, Tua has been throwing it's the ball more, it's the more, Sorry, it's more injuries, wasn't it? Like Carl Hamilton and stuff. Yes, that's true as well, yeah. Um, but t- So they held Miami to under 200 passing yards last week in, in a must-win game for them. Seventh ranked in uh, passer rating allowed this year. Uh, I think the battle with Mason Rudolph and his ability to, to remain poised and calm with the pass rush that will no doubt be coming for him and you know the, the 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 excellent corners that they've got over here that's going to be i think a huge battle you know can mason keep this up rasul douglas their 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 cb1 allowed a 38 qb rating on his targets this year um and then the guy that's playing cornerback 2 for them is the guy that beat out kair elam you remember we all didn't like kair elam uh they start mm-hmm. they're starting christian benford the sixth round picker they drafted the same year so he's won that job, and, and he's been very solid for them. So this is a great pass defense. That I'm, that's where I'm concerned. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to start seeing Mason mistakes. You throw a pick early, and then it kind of starts to crumble. You get behind. That's that's the scary part. That was That's another another win for our scouting company, wasn't it? Career Elam. Yeah, cool. I remember when, when um, he first started playing, people were like, oh, Career Elam, look at him. Oh, he's so far. Wow. You know, he's going to... After like one game, and I was like, I still don't buy this kid. And then now he's he's deep on the bench. The other hidden thing is uh, Deontay Harty being the All Pro return man. Like so, yeah, best return man in the league, and he house one against the Dolphins. So uh, that, that's oh. something to watch out for. A little subplot there. I like that call. I hadn't even realised he was on this team. Yeah, he was wow, okay. around, Yeah. What was his name before? Before it was Harty? Was it Hart? He changed it. Oh, right? has he changed it? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he did. Or was I don't know. A different... I couldn't tell. Wasn't you. he on the Saints and he was Deontay Hartman or something? And now he's Harty. It's not. It's not Hartman. like Chosy, Chosy, Robbie Anderson, Chosen Anderson, Bellin. Yeah, it's not that level of name changer. But... <laughs> uh, all right, I tell you what. Last thing on the Bills game, then we'll roll on. Uh, I'll pose a question to you both. Two questions. Question number one: In this game, what are you most concerned about? What's going to kill us? I I tell you what I'm Just most down. concerned about. It's two people that have the same initials. Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid. I am very worried about these two running rampant on us. I remember what Kincaid was like in the brief preseason uh, kind of get-together that we had. Um, and he was uh, he was looking pretty sharp there. And he's only gr- he's only grown this throughout this season uh, to be just that, yes, really solid tight end one. But like Dawson Knox has still got it in him as well. So... <laughs> We've not been great defending these tight ends. I'm just a little bit concerned. I think that could be a low-key, really horrible point for us in in this one. I'm I'm concerned. Mm, Yeah, not being great against tight ends. Yeah, yeah. I'm more worried about Knox than yeah, yeah. More worried about Knox than Kincaid. I think Kincaid's kind of faded, isn't he, a little bit? Uh, Knox oh, has come no, alive. I mean, there, obviously yeah. got the touchdown. He's still there. <laughs> he's, still, he's still there. I mean, he's still, yeah, he's a rookie, so obviously, yeah, it's, it's going to be up and up and down season for him. But he's still making impact. So Kincaid's going to be fine. I think. I think that he's suffering from the Sam Laporta effect, where he just isn't Sam Laporta. But you know, yeah. no one can be Sam Laporta. No, I was finest. Uh, also, speaking, speaking, uh, you know, the players voting thing, the, the TJ thing wasn't the stupidest thing. The stupidest thing was that Sam Laporta wasn't the tight end, it was Travis Kelsey. That's ridiculous. I saw that. It's like, <sighs> this is the worst Travis Kelsey season in a decade. And yet. Maybe maybe there's a reason the players play and don't run the front office. <laughs> All right. Gav, what, what concerns you most? What are you most concerned about? 
Sorry, you broke up there. Who? 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 who you, oh, sorry. What you uh, what are you, I'm saying? What are you most concerned about in this game? Josh Allen. I'm concerned about Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen. His you know, legs. Just, just generally. I mean, what was the oh, the... the stats on the last matchup? Hang on, I've got it here. Uh, wait, where are we? Uh, yeah, where have I had it written down? Damn it! And now I can't. <laughs> He's flicking furiously yeah. through his notes. <laughs> furiously. Oh man. I'm sure I had it. <laughs> Gas pumps for himself oh, yeah. now. Uh, 424 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns in the last meeting. That worries wow. me. Wow. I mean, I know this is mm. different conditions, but just the, I, just I'm the personally fact hoping the conditions are severe. Are a level. You know? Yes. Yeah. I, I would wanting, like the weather to be as poor as possible. Chunks of rock falling out of the sky on fire. You know, people trying to get out of the way. That That will... That'll level the situation. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're hoping for for an early onset asteroid in this one? Yeah, something. <laughs> Aliens come down, land, land in midfield. They have to play yeah, around you, the sorts of... You strike me as way too cynical uh, about this game. I'm feeling... Get back. Are you feeling a little bit like up for this? Are you feeling like a little bit, you know, pro-vibe? I, I tell you what, I, I'm surprised. I, I said before we got into the playoffs, if we were going to get in there... Kind of low key wanted it to be the Bills. Yeah, and I know they've been on this run and screw yeah. the run. Well, no, yeah, it's it's five in a row. They're they're looking half decent. Josh Allen, as you say, when he's on, he's on, but he is also erratic. And Stephon Diggs has been quiet. And you know, he's while, this de- while this defense is doing one doing very well, it is still missing those key pieces. And yeah, there's just something about this that's making me think there might be half a chance here. And I know, yeah, without TJ, it's, it is a slog. It really is. But I'm nowhere near as worried as I am when we lost TJ last season. You know, I'm, I'm more than confident in the ability of Alex Highsmith, of Nick Herbig and of Marcus Golden to be able to... Yeah, they're never going to be able to step up to the level of TJ, but they're, they're going to be close. And I, I feel like they can really give... This Bills offense a bit of a, a bit of a time of it. So I, there's a. I, I'm not expecting us to win. I don't think I don't think I would predict us to win. Oh, but but I also wouldn't be surprised if we did. If we pulled it out of the bag and we managed to, it, it would be a close one. It would be heart attack football as we're very good at doing. <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me if we did somehow come away with a W in this one. Fence sitter, I say. Fence sitter. <laughs> I am somewhat of a fence sitter, but it's we, come on. With with what they're ten point favorites, <laughs> right? Like, listen, yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike. Uh, listen, this team was six and six. I've got one thing for the Bills. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. I'm calling it. This team was six and six. Josh Allen has been getting away with too much for too long. He's thrown by far the most interceptions in the league this season. He's got no one left to throw to. Stefan Diggs has abandoned him. Khalil Shakir won't save you now, Josh. I, we don't need TJ this week. We got Nick Herbig. We got little TJ. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go as far as this. I'm going to go as far as this. I'm locking it up. Oh, no. <laughs> really? I love Jalen Warren. Yes. <laughs> Bad and disasters and accidents and catastrophes. Wow. Oh no. We're going all the way.
Wow. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Full... Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, you've turned full Dave Hart Homer here. Like, <laughs> yeah. From a guy yeah. that was wrapping presents during games, you're now back plugged in. <laughs> I, oh, in. I view this game as, as a fan as being like, like you've got a time machine and you're going back to like a high school disco. It's like, mm. we, we've been here before. We know we know we should try and enjoy it and not and not take it too seriously. It's like I'm just going to go and enjoy this one. This this isn't the the Browns game of a couple of years ago where it felt like Ben's last huzzah, like this is it, and you know that snap happened and everything fell apart. This isn't it. This isn't that. This is Wonka's golden ticket, right? They, they've chanced their way in. Like, let's just hope they get lucky. And I'm not, I'm not going to be too down on this team. My expectations are not that high. I think the weather, the weather could be a factor, could be a leveler. Uh, they might get lucky, but I, I have no expectations. I'm not going to be too disappointed if they lose. I think, have you I heard think all I'm, this? I'm just glad might get game. lucky. Might get lucky. Oh, we might have a chance. Oh, <laughs> do, do you know what? It's pathetic. It's de- it's depressing. Ah! Oh! <laughs> what do I need to do to hype you people up? God, doesn't Kevin? impress me. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm turning to the Patreones. Uh, they've got thoughts on this game. Uh, listeners will remember from a couple of weeks ago, our friend Laura Casey. TJ being out makes me less confident. Come on, Laura. But I'm quietly optimistic. Here we go. We can pull something out of the bag. Tomlin and the team do their best work when everyone and the Nana writing them off. So we'll see. Very well said. Ian Faruja, getting Najee and Warren involved early and making big carries is going to be crucial. Minka back looking to pick off Allen. If we can get a healthy lead, this could be key to it. Uh, if the weather's to be as bad as feared, I feel like it does play into the Steelers' hands just due to their ability to run the ball and the mo- uh, in the moment and stop the run on the other side. Yeah, I- I'm with you, Ian. That's exactly what I think. Five-star matchup because we're in it. There we go. See, that's the kind of energy I'm looking for. Rob Ferguson. Get out of here, bro. Is back. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> hopefully Minker is back. While Highsmith needs to have a career day, our secondary has to hold up with our diminished, pa- diminished pass rush. Interested to see how these split safety snaps and rolls across Minka, KZ, Rowe, and maybe Peterson. Yeah, we had a, a bit of chat about that already, Rob. Uh, who am I giving the... Uh, I like the I like the Nan comment from Laura. I think Ian's got the energy that I'm looking for here. We I don't mean- have a bit of confidence, boys. Ian's got all the energy, but he is uh, fourth bottom of gridiron seven, so I can't take too much into. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you just absolutely it. rocked him like that! <laughs> wow, I, I, I can't believe we've not really talked about the Titans' role in all this. Well, I, I wanted mean, to get to yeah, all the if other. It was not stuff, for yeah. the Titans, the Steelers, we would not be here. Yes. How? How? I I wanted to ask you that at the top of the show. I forgot. Uh, which game did you enjoy more, the Steelers game or the Titans game? The Titans game made me feel it felt like a Steelers game. I was just on the edge <laughs> of my seat the whole time. Like, oh my God. Like, every every move K- King Henry did, and I'm calling him King Henry from now on. It, I will not refer to him as Derek. He is the that king. That touchdown was awesome. Oh, it's just superb. It, it was just oh, everything, everything he did. I was just in awe. It's like, yes. And now Even Lisa that choked. might be his last you know, game as well. Lisa is a passive viewer of the NFL. She's like, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's fine. She was like, that was amazing when he scored that touchdown. So I was like, yeah, yeah, you're damn right. He's, he's but the size of the dude, he makes every touchdown look amazing, doesn't he? That's no, but his movement, yeah. his, 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 just the way he juked out a couple of guys there. And I, I did think it was poetic justice that, you know, I, I wore blue to that Tottenham game to support the Titans beating the Ravens. And there they were at the end of the season, putting the Steelers into the playoffs. It's like I had a, had some kind of foresight into the future. I was, I was pleased about that one. 
I think we're all we were all Titans fans, right? I mean, I, I don't remember a time in recent history where I've ever cheered on a team as much as I cheered on the Titans in that game. Have you? Which sounds sickening <laughs> because yeah, it's not it's not when there wasn't money involved anyway. It, it doesn't feel right to be cheering on Tennessee, but uh, I, I certainly did. And I mean, Cy, Ty J Spears, mm. what, what what needs to be said? Yeah, they'll they'll be okay with that as long as they get a good complimentary back to replace Henry. Yeah, to get, get along with Ty J Spears, I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, for I, sure. to me, I mean, it looks like Henry's still got it. No, I mean, he's still he's still got something. He has, tank, but right? it sounds like they'll still else. move up. Yeah, that's the thing. he'll play somewhere else. That's the thing. Well, this this felt like a really where, where, where? nice like comeback game for the tight. Like you know, Ryan Tannehill played again. You know, Variable's last stand here. He wanted to go on a big win, got it. Derek Henry has the big moment after the game, right, talking to the fans. It felt like a, an end of an era for, for the Titans. And it's funny because I remember when I first started watching the NFL, the Titans, I feel like, were the real lol cows at the time, like the worst of the dregs of the worst teams. Maybe not for the, you know, well, extent the time. The Titans era. Yeah, exactly. It was the Titans era. And it felt nice that we just kind of got this little bow on this Titans era that wasn't, you know, it was never elite, right? The, the best it ever got was, I think, did they finish like the one seed one year, but they kind of got tossed out the place. Surprising play, a surprising playoff berth every year. They were the, yeah. the Steelers of their day. And uh, and yet still, you know, they, they had some nice performances. They came out of the, the doldrums and, and put together a pretty nice team there with Tannehill and, uh, and Henry and such. So... I don't know. It was a nice little bow on that team. I thought a shame that it has to end for Vrabel. I think you know, as you said, that is an injustice. I mean, what they've done to him. I mean, <laughs> trading away his best player and then picking up bloody what's his name? That that receiver leader. What's it? What's that? What's that fella called? Trade on Burks. Trade I mean, on Burks. That, that is Burke. why that there is why bad teams stay bad. Right? They just make yes. continual mistakes. Vrabel, at least. The, the the minimum, the very minimum you can ask of of your head coach is that he brings an identity, and he did right. He that team, the Titans. It might not have been a winning identity or a, or a Super Bowl contending identity, but it was an identity. You knew you were going to go in and face, you know, a, a rushing attack and a, and a fairly stiff defense. And I think they've just lost that. They've just they've just junked it. Or I don't know why. I, I don't understand. I don't get the logic. What 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 are they doing? Why are they second variable? Is it just yeah, a refresh? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess so. But does that mean the Patriots are going to be wanting to come in and get him? Possibly. I think, I think Greg said it on the around the NFL. I think it'd be a mistake. They they need an offensive overhaul, not another Billichek, mm, you know, defensive underling to come in. Not 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 to disrespect Vrabel as a former Steelers player, but you know he is that kind of ilk, and I just don't think that's what they need. I'd I'd love to see Vrabel as the Steelers DC. Actually, I mean, not, you know, don't want to push Terrell Austin out of a job, but I'd love to see it, and I'm sure lots of people would. But it's not going to happen. Around some of the firings, I've seen Pete Carroll's gone, but that kind of happened while I was asleep before the show. Yeah, now so, sorry, are you okay? I, I'm pretty upset. I mean, this is the final bastion of the great Seahawks team that you know I once was in love with, and it's you know it's been sad to see what's happened to Russ and and Pete Carroll really was the final. Real, obviously, Bobby Wagner's still the team, but but for you know, for the most part, Gino there, though, he's you know, Gino was not a part of. I know he wasn't a part. Of that. <laughs> he wasn't a part of that, but the glory days still... of the Seahawks side. Oh Come yeah, on. no, 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 like, yeah, no. He's uh... late season twenty two. Yeah, no, no. He, yeah, Gino's still a, a popular cult figure within the Seahawks there, but uh, yeah. obviously not part of that. Yeah, Seahawks I, I, that you love. Yeah, I, I just feel sorry for Carol because what he, he's he's quite old, surprisingly old. He's a silver fox. 
He's is he going to get another job? I don't. I don't think he, he sounds will. like yeah. It sounds like he's going to do something higher up in the Seahawks, but he still he's sounded like it looked like in his press in his presser he did um, not uh, just a little bit earlier. Seemed like somebody who still would be up for coaching. So, so what's the what's yeah. the word on this? Has he been fired? Well, he's not. What's happened? They've uh, just mutually been... agreed for him to not be the head coach. So they've fired him, but they've said, look. They're You're not Pete fired. Powell, they're, they're going to they're going to put him upstairs and yeah, but but they've, they've fired him, him to go and away. They've said, yeah. <laughs> they've said, look, you know, you're Pete Carroll. We'd love to still have you around. You know, will you take this position in the you know in the front office? Yeah, fair enough. I, maybe maybe the, I think that. By the way, do we need to say that Rich has left? I think we. Sorry, <laughs> you brought that up now. Fifteen <laughs> minutes. <left. laughs> okay. I just suddenly realised it's been a bit weird. That Rich has been silent. We should probably say that Rich has gone. <laughs> Yeah, we did say we did say our goodbyes and everything. Yeah. We did, we did. Um, he's, he's off to be the new head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. That's guaranteed the whoosh has to come in, isn't it? That's guaranteed the whoosh. God, <laughs> there go my hopes for a smooth transition. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's just the timing of it. It was like fifteen minutes late. Yeah. Just like, by the way, Richard. Yeah, I just thought Rich would have something to say about this, and I was going to bring him in, and I thought oh, he's not here. Um, Oh, I'll tell you what, it is mad that obviously, yeah, Vrabel, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Vrabel went and then Pete Carroll's gone today and you think, oh, there's there's your big news of the day. And then Nick Saban's just retired from Alabama Ooh. as we've been doing this podcast. So, um, yeah, to completely take away the uh, the news from Pete Carroll there. Did anyone watch the, the, God. The, 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 the championship game? The national I watched championship the highlights. Yeah. I, yeah, I watched, I watched it, it the day after. It was wow! You watched it live. Did, yeah, why did I you don't... not turn off after about twenty-five minutes? <laughs> well, because to be honest, the game was won it, by it, that point. Wasn't it? Well, no, it looked like they were going to run away with it, but then by halftime, um, Washington had kind of brought it close again, and then again they ran away with it in the second half. So it was it, it kind of felt like it was going to become close at the start of the second half. I mean, it, it, like one hundred and one, how to tank your draft stock? Like any any <laughs> any uh, prospective NFL players? Watch uh, Michael Penix's performance in that game. Yes, he was trying to win the game, but tanked his draft stock. I feel sorry for the dude because mm, didn't work out. Yeah, so well, I'd be interested to see what happens with him because I feel like he was getting some people were trying to give him some credit because he was getting absolutely body slammed around in that game. So I think people were trying to say like, you know, oh, it's you know, he was getting really yeah, but it, it's, and... he's known for his sexy deep ball, right? And, and yeah, didn't at, at the end of the game, there he was just throwing up hail marys yeah. when he shouldn't have been. So you you can't be that loose with the football. Um, interested to see what Ketz has got to say about this because he's been on the Penix train for a little while. So. Has he? Okay. Ketz, right. I think so. Ketz, where are you? Keep an eye um, on that. I think I've already um, got my number one QB, but anyway. Okay, that's interesting. Um, okay. Um, and maybe won't surprise anybody when I say who it is. Oh, okay. Okay, but now, but now I'm now I'd be, almost would be surprised no matter what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like surprised if it isn't some seventh round guy I've never heard of. I'm, I might have mine as well, but anyway. Uh, the Falcons Thank fire you. Arthur Smith. Now, was this the funniest thing we've seen all year? The post game bust up with Dennis Allen. Oh uh, no, no. The funny, the funniest thing was Jameis's, Jameis's press conference. Oh <laughs> my god, we were wondering where was the where was the Jameis moment of the year? There it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Um, I don't know. It's something about Arthur Smith running out, and you you can just tell exactly what he's saying. He's like, "The fuck is that? What you the can f- hear it, yeah." yeah. And then Dennis, I was like, "I understand that." Yeah, <laughs> they disrespected like, me too. It's yeah. like this, like real comic character of the NFL coach running up to the most nondescript head coach imaginable, <laughs> just screeching in his face. And of course, Jameis is to blame. And then, yeah, losing his job very shortly after. 
Yeah. Do you think that played into losing the job, like getting absolutely slammed by the Saints in Week 17? Because it did feel like of all the coaches, he was the closest to the edge of like, he could stay, he could go. Uh, he's been, I, that, yeah. that job's been on the slide for a while. I think he's looked, you know... To, there was talk to, a few weeks ago that as long as he didn't collapse, like he'd be fine. not use him. Mm, yeah. I'm not sure. Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I agree. But hey, Bijan draft stop maybe going up next year, so look out for that. Don't know when Justin Fields is QB one there. Oh god. Just what are you about Justin Fields is our QB one. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh Ron Rivera gone as well. That was the worst kept secret in the game. Really surprising, yeah. I'm curious about the commanders. This feels like one of the biggest off season stories for me is what this team is gonna do. Do you, uh, think, do you think the obvious so thing? Much. You, you think the obvious thing is for them to trade up to one, and the Bears go back to two. The, the Commanders take Caleb, and the Bears take Marvin Harrison. Is that is that yes. so obvious and boring? It won't happen. Who, who loses in that situation? This is what I've been saying all week. I mean, that, that has to be what they do, right? The, as Bears. the Bears, because the Bears but who? Lose. Why, why do the Bears lose? They, what do you want them to do? Take Caleb. Right. Okay. Fine. <laughs> but if they're not going to do that then they need to trade out because for I me mean, for obvious reasons, right? But you want you want Marvin Harrison to pair with Fields, so you trade back one, you go to Washington, you say, hey look, we know that you want is Caleb seems like a fair weather quarterback. He doesn't seem like a Oh you don't think doesn't this seem like a you know a Washington a, a guy? NFC North kind of quarterback. Yeah, he seems more like a you know a guy that played I mean Washington's not great. Washington's not Buffalo. I mean less Yeah, it's less less hardcore than the Bears. Hmm. I think it's easy. I think you call up Washington and you say, look, you want the QB, we want the receiver. We will we will trade back further to, to collect the haul if we need to, quite happily. But we're giving you the right of first refusal because we want this second pick. And we'll arrange and a deal that's going to be a lot how, less. How get traded back to the Bears uh, as a backup? Howell's be working move, for State Farm somewhere in East Indiana. Hey, no, no, no. He's... <laughs> Howell is in the Sorry, he's... I'm just saying they love a tar heel when gone. I think right on there. He's a good, he's a, a, a worst, a good backup. Oh, he's going to the Ravens, you think? Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, is that all the oh. firings? Anyone else? Uh, the Bill Belichick was the question mark, but he's still there. Um, still residing in his so post. Far. So far. Schefter seemed to think that there would be about 10, but I don't think, because there's been seven so far, but I don't think there'll be as many as 10. I can't see three others. Well, if the Cowboys lose next week, Mike McCarthy will go. Dennis well, Allen is a bit... I'm an Aaron. Yeah. I'm trying to look around. Uh, Todd Bowles, is he safe? Probably making the playoffs, you would think. Yeah, I think they'll run, a, run it back with him. Yeah, I think yeah, you're probably right. Then, you know, there's... What was it? Two went in season. Or was he saying there's going to be 10 more? I uh, know. I think it was including those two, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, what else? I mean, if it was Bill Belichick's game, that was a sad loss to the Jets, seventeen-three. I think that's kind of a a nice one for the Jets after being just you know completely destroyed by the Patriots for decades. It's a sad loss for me. Game. And it gave me kudos with my friend who uh, doesn't often ask for tips. Big, big, uh, big player on the gambling scene. Text me said, "Oh, it looks like the playoffs this week." He's obviously operating on twenty sixteen schedule. So who, who who should I bet on on the playoffs? I said, ah, go on, go on the under on the Jets bats there, and uh, yeah, it came up big for me. Uh, make yeah, me look, I, I, makes me look like I know. What it's I'm not. About. 
it's nice when that happens, right? I'm playing with house money this year when it comes to fantasy advice because the guy at work who plays fantasy came over to me before the season started and was like, oh, who should I like look to take in my keeper league and who should I get rid of or whatever? And the two people I told him to target, Sam Laporta and Puka Nikua. Wow. Jesus, that is good. Puka, who I think probably should be uh, O'Roy, right? I mean, who else is there? Yeah, uh, well, CJ Stroud, Stroud is the problem, but I think to, I know Stroud. To, to I know record, Stroud, but he was injured for a bit. But I think yeah. Puka's. I think Puka's made the case. From, I think from, from his it. draft stock as well. Puka's made a very strong case. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't I would be surprised. Vote for yeah. Mm. So that I leads quite go. nicely onto. We've got some results here. Are you interested? Results. Yeah, season prediction game. Schedule well, you, prediction. You, you want to just pick the playoffs first, very quickly. You want to pick the playoff okay, games very fine. quick, just, just just for fun, just just the winners. Go ahead. Uh, all right, we'll start with Browns Texans. We'll just just go either way. Browns or Texans? How are you feeling? I'm going to go Browns. I'm going Texans. Oh, I've been going. I've been going Browns all year. They kept winning. But I'm going to go Texans. Give me Texans. Oh, are we, are we I tracking? I believe in CJ Stroud. Will we check this? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But. Uh, Dolphins, Chiefs. I'm gonna just carry on this train. I don't really believe in either of these teams that much, but I'm gonna go the Dolphins. No, I'm gonna go Chiefs. I think Dolphins I'm... are a summer team and have run out of steam. I'm going with the Chiefs. I think yeah, the Dolphins have run out of ideas, and I you know I watched that game in Germany, and uh, yeah, it felt like the Chiefs had their number, and I I just think it will happen again. All right, fair enough. Uh, Steelers. I don't think Bills. Two is the guy either. You don't think it was the guy? Oh, all right, okay. We'll Ooh. revisit that in the off-season. Steelers, Bills? I don't want to pick this game. <laughs> I I really don't want to pick it either. I'll pick it for you. Steelers, advance. Uh, <laughs> Eagles, right, Eagles, uh, Bucks. <laughs> this is tough. I want to go for the, the upset. I want to go Bucks. There was, there, wasn't this the playoff game they played on their, on their run? Was it their run? Was it that year? Whose run? I think it was, wasn't it? They what played run? a great game, the the Eagles Super Bowl run. I could be wrong. Oh. I remember. I remember a uh, playoff game, Bucks. I remember this Eagles. playoff game with the Bucks as well. Yeah, I remember watching it. Yeah, and it was a tight one. And I think I think the Eagles are collapsing. I think their window is closing. I don't think Hertz is necessarily the quarterback that people think he was. And I think the Bucks win this to everyone's surprise. I'm I'm leaning towards the Bucks. Yeah, I do think the Eagles have fallen apart. And, you know, injury woes as well. I think AJ Brown will be fit for it, but poor old Sidney Brown, by the way. Um, devastating uh, for him. What was the injury? I can't remember now, but he's he's definitely out. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. But, yeah, I, there, there's something about Baker's Bucks that just... They, 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 they've ground out this division win. They, don't, they might not look the best, but they, they know how to grind out these wins. And, yeah, I could see the upset happening. <clears throat> the Bucks scored nine points against the Panthers. I will not entertain the idea that they will. Yeah, be. that even is, this that Eagles is the uh, cap here. No, I think the Eagles are collapsing, but I think they're <laughs> collapsing in a way that is slower than the rate at which the Bucks suck. <laughs> a gentle collapse. <laughs> Rams, Lions. I'm, I'm going Rams. Rams. I think oh, yeah, the Rams are on a tear. Like, I don't know why, and that Lions have been good all season but yeah something about the Rams I don't know they just I love Dan Campbell but I think he made some mistakes playing some players last week I get it but at the same time I don't and now look what you've got Sam Laporta 
is he out? I can't remember if they He's gone, yeah. Yeah. Brian Branch might be uh might be questionable as well for this as well. Just two of your star rookies just not yeah. possibly not playing. It's just a uh, baffling decision to me. And it's a Don Campbell energy, man. Yeah. It's all or nothing. I don't know. Yeah, I I think I agree with Gav. I think these Rams seem to have been on a on a surprising tear as of late. Yeah, I I'm going Rams as well. I thought I would be the only one. Um Cowboys Packers. I'm going Cowboys here. I think I think this is the, possibly the Cowboys year. Possibly. Yeah. I kind of am with you. I've got them making the Super Bowl this year. Jordan Love is going to embarrass the oh! Cowboys once again. I am going for the Packers on this one. This is the upset for, for Mark. I love it. I'm d- that, I, that I, I, cannot trust, I cannot trust the Cowboys in the playoffs. I cannot do it. They just no, yeah, seem to be We've been burnt before, but yeah, here I am again. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying into it anymore. Jordan Love seems to be getting something going with this really, really young team, and I don't know. They, they had a, they had a chance to be uh, blown away by the Bears, and they just decided, nope, that's not going to happen. No, we're we're much better. I think part than that, of the so. problem before with the Cowboys has been expectation, whereas no one is expecting anything out of this Cowboys team. Are they not? I don't. I think they are. Sure? I, don't, I don't think so. I, I think don't there's think maybe more are. expectation I, this year than there has been in a while. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah. I don't know. It feels different to me. It doesn't feel You're like... You're reaching the end of that. It feels like the America's team shine has worn off. There's been so many years of, of trouble that this feels like a genuine, eh, let's see what they can do kind of yet. And, and maybe on the outside sense. looking in, but like I say, if, if they don't win this game, I think McCarthy's gone. If mm. If they don't make the... Championship games probably unilaterally a failed season from their perspective. Probably don't, don't you feel like the expect, expectation has gone though from the Cowboys? No, no, I all. think it's higher than than ever. Like look, you've at, got... look at the no, playoff okay. bracket. We're, we're we're obviously in different Twitter circles. Gav, I don't know how you can say that. I mean, look look at the look at the look at the teams in the NFC bracket of the playoffs. Like all they've got to do is beat the Niners and the rest of this chub. Yeah, but it, it, it's just it's just the uh, navel gazing of the cowboy fans. I know is just like, oh well, this team's <laughs> junk. Yeah, that's fans. Fun. You know, that's yeah. fans. Yeah, it's fans. Yeah. I'm going off fan reaction, but I I just feel like the the expectation of the fans is is way less, which makes me think that the team will do better than expected. Hmm. A team a team that looks good on paper with an, an elite defender um, that fans don't think looks great. What does that remind you of? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> they have that press cup. <laughs> we have Mason Rudolph. What's your point? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Gav. That's the playoffs. Uh, all right. So I was going to a little little hit on a little uh, navel gazing for ourselves, like a little uh, you know self reflection season prediction game. We've got oh, this at the end of the season. These were crap. What? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am not. You know. Me fans, I'm not going to repeat my 2022 crown. It seems like Rich or Ran have it on five points. Both of them predicted KC to win their division. Detroit and the uh, Rich had Detroit, and then he had Pittsburgh and Miami making the wild card. Uh, Ran had uh, Detroit 49ers and uh, sorry Detroit winning the division and then 49ers and Pitt making the wild card. So who, who's going to win out of these two? Rich needs TJ to win Depoy. Mm. Ran can win if the Super Bowl is Kansas City versus the 49ers. So it feels like it's kind of it feels like Ran's going to win this thing to me. I don't know. Oh wait, didn't Rich say that the Jets were going to make the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, but we, we, we're discounting errors. So uh, well, no, I'll just say, I'll just say, I just, I just wanted to bring that up. Damn, coming for Rich like that <laughs> after he's left. Defensive Rookie of the Year: Ran has Will Anderson, Rich has Chris Gonzalez. So uh, main contenders seem to be Will Anderson, Jalen Kaya, Witherspoon, Brian Branch, and Yaya Jabi. So Ran does have the. the can head can there. I just make a point on that, by the way? The the uh, the 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 not Depoy, sorry. Um, what's it called? Defensive Roy. Rookie of the Year. Deroy, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's it, Deroy. Um, that that should go to the Rams' defensive tackle, right, my boy. Kobe Turner. Uh, Kobe Turner, thank you. That should be that should be Kobe should Turner's it? award. The dude has should been it? on fire. Who who on no. that list has been having such a great season that they need to win it over Kobe Turner? What what's yeah, that about? I do admit it's, it's a very uninspiring list. But you could add Kobe Turner's name to that list. I mean, Brian Branch at times has looked like the guy, much to disagree with my evaluation. I didn't think he was going to be as good as he is, but he's been spotty and with injury and stuff. Kobe Turner's got nine sacks from defend from nose tackle. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's the best run defender. You know, well, I'm not going to say the best run defender. In the Props league, to you, you know well I mean. done. Identify I'm not. This is not me about blowing the trumpet. This is about you know. Let's give this guy some credit. Like no one's talking about this dude. He's like the best defensive tackle in in the class. Everyone's like, oh, Jalen Carter. Meanwhile, he's done nothing in about eight weeks. He's, you know, pro, like, he's pro football talks uh, defensive rookie of the year. Who is uh, uh, Kobe Turner? Okay, good, well, good guy. Go. Pro football talk. <laughs> BFT, you're on, you're on the good list. You're on the on the right track. I I seem to have culminated on four points. Uh, unless Jalen Car- Carter wins D-Roy, uh, then I could tie as long as the Chiefs or the 49ers don't make the Super Bowl or uh, any player awards for, for the favourites come up. So it's looking pretty unlikely for me. So I think I think it's going to come out of Rich and Rand. Um, Ketz is th- on three points, but could tie if Parsons is D-Roy and the Super Bowl is Chiefs and Eagles. Uh, Mark, you're on three, but you need Philadelphia in the Super Bowl and... Mika to be uh, depoy. Yeah, let, let's ignore who I had uh, Philly going up against. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, highlighting. <laughs> ridiculous uh, Dave also on three uh, needs Pittsburgh and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. TJ to be depoy. Gibbs to be O'Roy or Carter to be Deroy. So he's he's got an outside chance. The race for not last. So this is between Mike and Sai. Uh, Mike needs a Dallas KC Super Bowl, and Sai, you need Eagles in the Super Bowl and Jalen Carter Depoy. So it, oh dear. it's all what a mess. Uh, I all think I'm going to finish last. <laughs> uh, and then moving over to the schedule prediction game, I've got to say, fourth year in a row, I have nailed the prediction. I mean, is that not <laughs> worth something? I should be, I should be making some money out of this. So you chose I've got ten, 10 wins? seven. 10 10 7 this year. Yeah. Uh, Cy, Dave, and Mike 11 6, and Mark 12 and 5. Pretty close. That's four years. I still can't believe it. Four years. I've got the prediction right. That's pretty impressive. You like Dave Damashek now. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm up there. You're entering that realm. We should the have been 12 and 5. I had, it should have been 11. I had, <laughs> I had Steelers beating the Texans week four, losing to the Ravens week five. That was reversed. I had Steelers losing to Cincinnati week 12, beating Cardinals week 13. Who would have known? But I correctly predicted losses to the Pats and the Colts and then going on a three-game tear. How weird is that? That's interesting, That's yeah. Yeah. And in fact, we unanimously unanimously picked the Ravens' win in Week 18. So why were we so worried? All of us did. 
things change <laughs> since we did. Is that just? Is that? Well, but they don't change because surely we made that pick based on experience. Is that every year for the last like four or five years the Ravens rocked up with a backup quarterback in rainy conditions and the Steelers have smacked them up in the face. So maybe maybe it's history does repeat itself sometimes. That's where the Steelers are concerned. That was Rich's point. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got anything else? Oh, should we send Mark, people on the you way? Had something, didn't you? Oh, did you? I, I had a little. Uh, I had a little uh, game. Um, oh. That, uh, we could we could possibly play. It'll only take a, a few minutes, I think. Um, it was something I wanted to do on the uh, the last preseason, uh, last uh, yeah preseason, but um, with last season stuff but i didn't i didn't manage to get around to doing it so i thought i'd uh, try and give it a go for for this one so uh this is uh, can i get the uh, game show music please Gav? <laughs> lovely thank you so yeah this is this is a game i call steel or no steel. Uh, that's Ooh. steel uh, as in the Steelers, steel. Um, so what this game is basically going to be is I'm going to give you both a stat line from the uh, 2023 regular season. Um, and I want you to simply tell me if you think it is a stealer or not a stealer. So this is how the points are going to work for this. Um, if you correctly guess it's a stealer, or it's not a stealer, you get one point for that. Mm -hmm. If you correctly guess the stealer, uh, it's two points. And if you correctly guess the non-stealer, if you believe it is a non-stealer, you get five points. Now, just to make it a little bit easier for you, all the non-stealers that are in this are rookies. Um, so mm. you just have to remember your your rookies from uh, from this year. So um, these the the people who have been chosen for this are the closest to, uh, rookie to a Steelers player. So I've tried to make it as close as possible to to Steelers players. But um, yeah, so uh, have you uh, kind of got a grasp of what you're doing there? Yeah, I got it. Are, are you tracking these results for? I am a, indeed. If there was if there was a website, these things might be logged. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I am tracking it on uh, on my notes here, so I will okay, uh, cool. I'll make sure those points are there. Okay, uh, and what I'm going to do just for just for interest' sake, I'm going to run through all seven with you, and then I'll give you the results after as well. Okay, just to make it a bit more intriguing for you. So, are you ready with the first stat line? Oh no! <laughs> yes, uh, sounds encouraging. Yes. Okay, so first stat line. You just need to tell me, yeah, Steeler or non-Steeler, and uh, who the player is. 12 games played, 2,218 yards, 213 completions from 343 attempts, 62.1% completion percentage. I'm going to go Steeler. Yeah, I'll say... Ah, wait, sorry, give me the total completions again. Uh, that was uh, 213 out of 343. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll go Steeler, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. That's what I was thinking. Both going Steeler, KP. Okay, let me just quickly get that down. Steeler, KP. Okay, uh, number two. Uh, 17 games played, 
784 yards, 149 carries, 5.3 yards per carry, four rushing TDs. I'm going to go uh, non-stealer, Jameer Gibbs. Okay, non-stealer. Non- yeah. Gibbs? Yep. I'll, go non- I'll go non-stealer, Tajay Spears. Did you say you were going nonce? <laughs> Good lord. Oh no. Okay. Number Give me Savile. <laughs> Number three. Now then, now then. 17 games played, 1,140 receiving yards, 18.1 average yards per carry, five receiving touchdowns. Mm, I'll go Steeler. Yeah, I'll go Steeler. Uh, which Steeler are you going to go for? I'm going to go Pickens. George Pickens. Both going Pickens. Okay, so Steeler, Steeler pick, Steeler pick. Okay, uh, right, number four. 14 games played, 304 receiving yards, 27 receptions of 40 targets, two touchdowns. Mm. Non-stealer, Dalton Kincaid. Go ahead. Oh, is that too high? Maybe it's too high. How many, just how many receptions did you say again, sorry? Uh, that was uh, 27 receptions of 40 targets. Mm, I'll go Steeler, Alan Robinson. Okay, you're going to Steeler, A Rob. Gav? Yes, yeah, so he's got uh, Dalton Kincaid. Oh, you're going to stick with Kincaid? Okay, no problem. Yeah, stick with it. Okay, number, so that's the first uh, kind of one you've gone different uh, Steeler or non Steeler there. So, uh, number five, 17 games played, seven and a half sacks. 39 combined tackles, 25 solo, and one forced fumble. I'm going to go Steeler, Alex Highsmith. Steeler, Alex Highsmith, yep. Okay, you've gone Steeler, Smitty, and Steeler, Smitty. Okay. Number six. 16 games played, 101 combined tackles, 68 solo, two and a half sacks. How many games? Uh, 16 Six. games. Oh, 16 Six, games. 16, yeah. Hmm. Well, it's not <laughs> I'll go... I'll go non-stealer Ivan Pace Jr. Okay, IVJ. That is tough. <laughs> I had another one that I considered getting as well, but... I'll go, I'll go stealer Keanu Benton. Okay, you're going Steeler Benton. Okay, I'm and the back of there, but I thought I'd go left field. The final one: sixteen games played, twenty-six combined tackles, eleven solo, one sack for nine yards. Say again: sixteen games uh, played. Sixteen games played, twenty-six combined tackles, eleven solo, uh, one sack for nine yards. Non-Steeler Lucas Van Ness. Okay, one sack. I was thinking Herbig, but he's got more than that. <laughs> oh man, this is tough. This could be the decider. Uh, <laughs> Tyree Wilson. Non-stealer Tyree Wilson. Mm. Okay, let's see how well you did. What so, a fascinating game. <laughs> so you both went with uh, Kenny Pickett for the. Uh, 
first. <laughs> we haven't got a winner yet. Hang on. <laughs> Good lord. Um, so yeah, you both went with Kenny Pickett for the first one. Twelve games played, two thousand two hundred eighteen yards, two hundred thirteen uh, um, completions off three hundred forty three attempts, sixty two point one percent completion percentage. Was Aiden O'Connell? Oh, oh no. you bastard! Closest to Kenny Pickett, of course. <laughs> Should have known. But, uh, yeah, that. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell and Kenny Pickett yeah. had very similar, oh, very similar seasons. So I don't know. Uh, all we need to know. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, yeah. KP was my red star, and then Aiden O'Connell was my sleeper. So yeah, that tells you all you need to know. Number two. So. Uh, Sai, you went with uh, Ty J Spears, and uh, Gav, you went with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, 17 games played, 784 yards, 149 carries, 5.3% yards per carry, four rushing touchdowns. I love Jalen Warren. No. <laughs> oh, no. Do you know what I think that is? I think I got like the yardage felt wrong. I don't, I don't know. And how many touchdowns did you say? Uh, four rushing touchdowns. Oh, it's rushing touchdown. Yeah, Has he had any receiving? Yeah, it felt like yeah. more than that. I, well, I, it's, it's it's seven, I should have really said 784 rushing yards as well, because I believe he had some more receiving Yeah, I thought yards the yards and the, and the touchdowns were low for Warren. and yeah. a, a little bit deceiving there, I must say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Jalen Warren for number two. So yeah, currently you're both... This is total guesswork for me. This is, there's no... <laughs> yeah, you're both currently on zero just... <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> But uh, number three, 17 games played, 1,140 receiving yards, 18.1 average yards per carry, five receiving touchdowns. You were both correct. It is indeed George Pickens. Yeah. Uh, so that's three points for the both of you. We're getting the steal out. Is that a tie on uh, three points? It is, <laughs> yep. So both, yeah, both on three. It sounds more respectable after three rounds, though, Gav, that we've both got three points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, one of only two discrepancies here. So, Sai, you said uh, this next one was uh, Steeler Allen Robinson. And Gav went with non-stealer Dalton Kincaid. Oh. Uh, so it's 14 games played, 304 receiving yards, 27 receptions off 40 targets, two touchdowns. It is not a stealer. Oh, no. So Gav gets the point for that. Bugger. But it was Michael Mayer. Oh, Ooh. you're on the right lines. You, yeah, you were right. Like, it was closest to Pat Frymuth. You got the position right, just not the player. I was feeling good about that one. Tight end. So, Gav, you have taken a uh, a lead here. You are four points ahead. No, I don't feel that's justified. Uh, sorry, okay. sorry, you're not four <laughs> points ahead. You've got four points, and uh, Sai has three. The problem uh, is, I'm so three. certain that Alex Highsmith, what he said, was right. <laughs> well, this is the one where you both said Alex Highsmith. Um, oh no, not that one then. The one. After. Yeah, sorry, Karen. yeah. But both of you said Alex Highsmith for this. For 17 games played, seven and a half sacks, 39 combined tackles, 25 solo, one forced fumble. It was the closest to Alex Highsmith, but oh. it was actually Yaya Diaby. Oh yeah. no! Potential D-Roy. <laughs> yeah. So again, you got the you got the closest guy, but uh, it wasn't actually Alex Highsmith. It so why is a guy who's like getting it's... seven sacks from from edge rusher getting more buzz for D-Roy than the guy with nine from defensive tackle? Mad, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> mysteries of the universe I did worry about that one because as soon as I said hi Smith I know that he's only got seven sacks and you said seven and a half so I thought that was potentially wrong uh, there you go um, so number six here's uh, here's another one then so this might be uh, make or break for Cy here because um, mm. you went non-stealer Ivan Pace Jr and Gav went for stealer Keanu Benton 16 games played 101 combined tackles 68 solo two and a half sacks 
Sorry, Sai, it is a stealer. Nick Herbig. It's not Nick Herbig. It's not Keanu Benton no. either. It's Who's a Landon it? Roberts. Oh! Oh, yes, sir. I thought the sacks were too Timmy low. Tackles. For, uh, Timmy Tackles. Yeah. Timmy Tackles. Um, so, Gav, you're you're leading on five and uh, Sai is on three here. So, Sai, you're really going to have to hope that this last one is Luckily, Lucas Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness. Luckily. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you went Lucas Van Ness and Gav, you went with Tyree Wilson. So, 16 games played, 26 combined tackles, 11 solo, one sack for nine yards. <laughs> now, <laughs> it is a non-stealer. No, it's a non-stealer. It's the closest to Keanu Benton's stat line. Oh, no. Oh, there you go. It's not Tyree Wilson. It's Jalen Carter. It's also not Lucas oh. Van Ness. It's Keon White. Oh, oh that, that guy. guy. Yeah. The Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots, Keon White. Yes. So in the end, yeah, Gav, you get six points. Sai, you're on four. Gav, you are the winner. Unbelievable. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope this is uh, recorded as the first inaugural Steeler or non-Steeler quiz winner. I am he. Steel or no steel? Yes. Steel or no steel? I feel like there was a steal nice. and it was the win. It was stolen from me. <laughs> <laughs> By the winner. I thought I was doing some 4D chess thinking there, to be honest. I was thinking, like, Ty J Spears is definitely going to be the running back comp for, for Mark. <laughs> Turns out it was 2D checkers. Sorry. As soon as I heard like the disappointing stat line, I was like, that's going to be Lucas Van Ness. I was trying to avoid people more that I would pick. But... I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. I was trying to avoid people I would pick, but then it immediately Aiden O'Connor was the closest to pick it. I was like, well, that's got to be picked, hasn't it? So, Right, you you, you bamboozled us there. So, well mm. done. Mm. Yes. Congratulations. I couldn't believe how close they were like, in stats. It's, it's not too far away at all. So. It's somewhat depressing. I don't know. I know Connell. Future of that franchise. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it's hard to separate Pickett from Canada, isn't it? It's like they are intertwined yeah. in well, their memories. So it will be interesting to see what happens next next preseason. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be unpopular in the offseason, I think, because I think I'm going to be campaigning for another QB. I, I don't want to get no, rid I of Pickett. To, but... I need to see more of this QB class, I think, before I... Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, let's, let's wait and see what the options are, I suppose. All right. Is that it? Did you want to just a quick sevens update? Oh uh, yeah, before, cool. before we went because it's really really tight going into the postseason now. So I buried this because I started losing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, you've yeah, been you've on a bit of a dropped, slide, haven't you? You've you've got the same amount of points as Ketz, and Ketz got five points this week. So yeah, yeah. you really have slid. Wow, it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> but I, at I, what point do we stop talking about Ketz? Ketz needs to come back on the show. <laughs> or Ketz is. It, Ejected into the sun. I kind of like Ketz's like um, role as Mystery like man, just, just a complete absentee. Like <laughs> just, we just reference him every week, and eventually someone would be like, "Who who is Ketz? Like who's yeah? Who's if you're listening, you know, like who is this Ketz guy? In, like in 2034, <laughs> Ketz, come back to us if you're listening. We love you. We do, we do. We um, need his draft insight. We do, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be we really do. on we it. We need the, the, the man in the bushes with the glasses. That's it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really tight at the top, though. I mean, Laurie and Steve, uh, both on 238 at the top, uh, myself on 237 behind them. So, yeah, I've dro dropped a little bit. But, uh, well, that was from last week, really. But 
it's yeah, it's really tight up there. And uh, going into the postseason, where the rules are slightly, slightly different, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. You know, in the, so prime, the wrinkle the is we have to do passing touchdowns. Was that it? Yeah, yeah. QB uh, QB's passing touchdowns for for this week. You know, you know, in the presidential primaries, when someone like drops out, like Chris Christie yeah. just dropped out, just dropped out, primary, yeah. right? And then they endorse someone else. I, I, I've dropped out of this race, and I'm now endorsing Laurie for the win. Uh, I think. But I think Laurie's a, a vote it. for Laurie is a, how, is how long a vote has she been on top? Is this the well, she's been in the top three the whole season. Yeah, she's, she's been in the top three. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. She's only had two weeks where she's been in single digits. So wow. yeah, consistently. She's I thought I thought I played the game and then lost it. <laughs> My, uh, shout out to Mike, by the way, who had the most points this week. Wow, seventeen points, cracked it. Wow. Well done, Mike. Wow. Well done. It's about well, time. Too little, too late. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> like your season right, let... predictions. <laughs> God, quite late. Let's let's wrap it up there. <laughs> follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Si Wrote This. Follow Gav at GM Boom Up, and follow Mike at Mesh NFL all on Twitter. And hey, when we uh, when we speak to you next, we'll be in the divisional round of the playoffs. So that's good. <laughs> I'm locking it up. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> win a game, Go we will. Go Steelers! <laughs>